There we go. <laughs> uh, good evening. All right, so uh, this is a spontaneous cast born of two things. Uh, first of all, uh, somebody went through withdrawal for uh, the show I unintentionally created, and they said as much on Twitter, and uh, so I was like, I got you, dog. Um, <laughs> but also, I'm going to be streaming uh, on Friday this week. Yeah, on Friday this week, so I didn't want you to, like, go an extra day without having content, so here's, you know, so I'll I'd throw in a little, real quick bonus episode. But the real reason for it is uh, somebody leaked photos of the uh, of images from the, the Battle Tome with their potato camera, and uh, that actually caused Games Workshop to go ahead and make a community article that kind of revealed some more, some more stuff. So there's just more Bone Reaper stuff to talk about, and... Uh, since the hype train for me has only been picking up steam, it's appropriate that we just kind of bypass the next stop and keep keep the sucker rolling. <laughs> also, for a tinfoil hat moment, Good Painter Stormcast Man thinks that it's not a leak; it's intentional. Oh, I, th I agree. I, uh, I uh, uh, the uh, the pictures didn't show anything of any consequence; zero rules at all. Oh, with yeah. folded pages, like they're folding the and page the and then taking the pictures on a potato camera. Weird, weird angles and stuff. Like if yeah. if you were really trying to leak this, you know, like you, like I was a guy who like busted into the back of a store. Now that's a leak, correct? Right, correct. where it's a hundred percent of the rules and nothing else, i.e., the thing anyone only cares about, right? right. And nothing else. Like that's a. Well, okay, it wasn't necessarily a leak. It was they accidentally put it on sale for about an hour, and a bunch of people bought it. But yeah. you know, if it was a leak, they would have showed like it would have been anything of consequence that people actually care about, which is rules. Right. Like nobody cares about an unreadable battalion, or the back of the fucking book. You know. Yeah. Or Archon's profile that, at least from the curled page, is the same as before, except in Spanish or Italian or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, Good Painter Stormcast Man's tinfoil hat, which is actually reasonable at the moment, is like, this thing was kind of on purpose, and then they come out with a bone-to-pick, fully written-up article, hours later, <laughs> with a title that seems to be, like, kind of a riff on the leaking process. I think it's fun to tinfoil hat on this one, and I think... It's, uh, a, it's a fun one. It's a harmless one, but it's, it's a, a harm fun Yeah, it's a, it's a harmless one. It's a fun one. Um, if, if it's an intentional leak... Uh, very good. You know, like, who cares? Like, I'm, I'm happy that they did a one-two punch. It's very Nagashian, you know? <laughs> so, a jaunty foil hat. Well, okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a fashionable... Maybe a jaundice foil hat if we're talking about Undead. Yeah, a little bit of a... Good evening, Bucket Ninja. Welcome back. I'm doing this for you, friend. <laughs> um, no, we, uh... No, I, 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 you know, I'm just kind of clicking through these images right now, and they're so... This is not how I would take the pictures if I, like, saw this thing in, in a Games Workshop store in, in Spain or whatever. And I'm like, oh, crap, the store the storekeeper forgot to put it away. And then I, like, I grab it and I start snapping photos. Like, I'm just going to open the page up. Boom. You know. Yeah, they put the book on a table mm -hmm. and then, like, lifted up all of the pages and kind of flipped to one, took a picture, flipped to another, took a picture, and then closed it.
Yeah. So yeah, this this whole process took like ten seconds, I bet. Yeah, why wouldn't you take a picture of Catacross's page? That'd be the first one you'd jump to, right? This is a leak by a robot because it doesn't <laughs> contain anything a human would find interesting. Yeah. And so in that case it's not a leak. Like what who's sending this to their friend? Who who that signed an NDA is sending pictures of nothing? Yeah. Basically just a book, you know, to their buddy. Unless Unless, if I may counter tinfoil hat with another tinfoil hat, like, because mm -hmm. we're going layers, we're going another layer deeper here. What if it is a legitimate leak, but the person who leaked it took photos in a very specific and technical manner as to not violate the NDA, and that's why they're weird and obtuse and, and reveal nothing? <laughs> like, well, technically, according to Claus, I'm pretty, I'm pretty Karen, sure pictures of it at all is yeah, against. Yeah, but I okay. haven't. I don't know what they're what they're signing. I don't know what kind of thing they're signing. Fair enough. I don't have that information. If I did, my shows would probably be less interesting because I couldn't muse about stuff that happened to be right. <laughs> you know, this better be a um, Ma Tribe thoughts and ideas show if Haywo is in here. I, I think we can. I think we'll 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 manage with our segue on models. Look, we can all we can only talk about how excited we are for Bone Boys so long. At least one more no time rules, with no rules spoiled <laughs> right. at all. Right. Before we just start repeating ourselves, and at that point, let's talk about you know yeah. the OGs, the Ogors. Yeah. Well, I mean, this all started with Ogors. They're the other half of the the tithe of bones from the the original trailers. You have like Ogre Man and Tyrant, and he's just. He is upset that, like, the pact is broken or whatever. And then you have Catacrosis, like, retort video. And so it's like a back and forth between between them. And so... Wait, are we implying that the ogres are mad that the pact of bones is broken? Because from the video, oh, they it happy. seemed like... They happy. They were pretty... Uh, they were pretty uh, pleased. Yeah, they're happy. You know, feeling hungry, lads. Objectives well, are back on the menu. Yeah, well, I, I think it's a, uh, like... Catacross was like using them or they were like because they're mercenary ogres are, are famously mercenaries like they were murked out to like go free Catacross or something right because Catacross is supposed to have been captive mm -hmm. and i'm gonna be honest i didn't know that that was his name because i saw him and he became bone chad in my head and nothing <laughs> has dislodged that yet and so his real name has simply failed to stick yeah at some point i'm sure i'll learn it because I have to use things, real names, in my show. See, I don't. But sometimes I don't. I, you know, <laughs> sometimes I just assume everyone will know what I'm talking about when it's sort of Japan. Yeah, sort of Japan. Vala or Velazada. Right. Or Falash for Frostlord on Stonehorn. Yeah. Well, there's, um, uh, when I was doing the, the, uh, the NashCon recap, which is kind of what started this, this whole train in the first place, um, when I did the NashCon, I had to fight deep inside with everything to not say schemes really exaggerated yeah, every because time of the, because of the daughters of Cain choose your arm yeah a scheming <laughs> schemes like I, I don't was, know why I don't know why that happened it was truly it must not have been a mistake it must have been like a Manchurian candidate I must have heard somebody say that 20 years ago and it just came out when I was reading the word scheme was like <laughs> scheming scheming and so it's it's gonna you know some things if it ain't broke or if it's broke in the right way don't fix it right and so i right. didn't i didn't fix it for v2 and i will not in v3 well, she'll see, be you know marathi will be scheming forever i guess well that goes into the 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 non 
Bone Reapers section of this of this of this rant cast, which is um, imperfections are important. Like you're the core. Like it's you're not saying scheme correctly, right? And that in, makes the video endearing, and it adds yeah, these or or gloom spite gits gits bits. Like yeah, there's a lot of that. Uh, for instance, me and Nagash, like I've doubled down on it since y'all gave me shit about it. I'm never gonna stop at this point. I almost had like gotten rid of this terrible habit I had as a child. Well, when you were a child, you read the word, and mm -hmm. a lot of people who read when they're young, mm -hmm. but don't talk to a lot of people, they just read. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't say words out loud; you just read them, and yeah. so you tend to go phonetic with it a lot of times. Correct. And then and, I didn't have. And so you think a criminal gets indicted, right? Until you say it out loud and everyone laughs at you and you're like, oh, indicted. Okay. Yeah, right. The T be silent, all right. Indicted is something else. Like, that's what happens after they're already in prison. Yeah, when they're in the federal uh, keep the content Christian channel prison. <laughs> uh, we've got our mature tag. <laughs> it's fine. All right, so I'm actually going to start with uh, pretty much I think one of the only things of, of, like, one of the only valid things from this set of potato photos uh is c terrain piece confirmed right here yeah bone tithe nexus but uh i actually have had these this uh this page translated i don't know if right I'm because to we're that. professionals you know <laughs> um, i'm a, i'm i'm a disembodied talking head but it's it's more so because that's what you are on my show, so Turnabout's fair game. Right, it's Turnabout's fair game. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this is in... This is in uh, Italian? I don't uh, know. Meh, it's... I only know Italian from cards, so if it were something from Italian Legends, I would know. But... If it sounds like a pasta, it's Italian. That's how I can tell. And this doesn't sound like a pasta to me, so I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but basically, uh, so this is a Bone Tithe Nexus... Uh, I'm get, we can't make out what the first section of things are, but basically there's these, these later ones are punishments. So you have like punishment of pain, punishment of death, punishment of ignorance, and punishment of lethargy. And they all have varying ranges between like 18 and 16 inches, and, uh, they do spell like things, but it's always on a die roll. So it's on a two up, it does a thing, on a four up, it does a thing. And I don't know how deep I can go on these without getting in big trouble, so I'm just going to stop it there. Um, what do you mean, big trouble? What, you signed no oh, such Oh, you're right. This is just hard-boiled reporting right here. This is fine. Yeah, this is reporting. Yeah. You're break like, yeah. somebody else broke their thing they signed, but you signed nothing. And now this is in a public place. All right. So um, so now that I'm just doing uh, uh, big trouble in little, in little Wisco, no, um, no, I think this is a terrain piece. Maybe it could be lores. It would be a big. But it's got keywords at the bottom of it. Like terrain, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this could be a big endless spell that looks like oh, it's terrain. Got a bunch of keywords. Never mind. Yeah, endless spells don't have a bunch of keywords. It's got keywords though, and uh, so I think this might be the terrain piece. But it doesn't. The dong doesn't expand like in Beast of Chaos, right? The bone yeah. is as big as it's ever yeah. going to get. Yeah. No. So, so the first one here it's is a, it's a it's a shower. It's not a grower. In other words. Yeah. It's. I think it's just it, the the rules don't seem to expand or change or anything. I don't. Th I doubt you can move it. So it's probably like a home base. The first set of text probably has to do with like actually giving you a resource to summon new constructs. Would be my bet. 
but that's all pure speculation. Yeah, its placement in the book is where the terrain would be, about, what, page 68 or so, near the back. So, the first one is uh, Castigo de, de Dolor. Uh, that's Punishment of Pain. Choose an enemy unit wholly within 18 inches. On a 4-up, subtract 1 to hit rolls until your next hero phase. Uh, okay. The next one is Punishment of Ignorance. Uh, Castigo de Ignorancia. Uh, choose an enemy wizard within 36 inches. On a 2-up, subtract 1 to rolls for casting. Shooting question mark, because there might be some translation fuckery there, and unbinding until your next hero phase. So that's probably, I think that one's overall the best one. Uh, so like, minus one casting, unbinding, and shooting question mark, could that be unsummoning endless spells? Like, whatever yeah. made-up word they made for that could, Cor could kind of sound like a synonym for shooting in Italian, maybe? Cor correct. And then, uh, then we have. Uh, it'd be, be kind of goofy if something nerfed like spells and shooting in the same ability. Mm -hmm. But you know, could could happen. Yeah. Thirty six. Thirty six. Uh, radius. Yeah. From the edge of whatever this thing's base is, I'll actually no base if it's act if it's this, drained. This looks fane like to me. Oh yeah, there you go. In the picture, there's no base, therefore it's not an endless spell. We can shut the door on that one. Yeah, that that debate's over. <laughs> can't wait to try and rename all this shit to be way cooler for your Tomb Kings. Um, I like the punishment thing. It shows to me that, like, that, like, there is a wrong and they are extracting it, you know, like, they're judging well, that's you. that's Nagash's position. That's what his position has always been. He is wronged by Sigmar, who stole the it's, good stuff from him. It's very like, Hades. are juice, and Sigmar stole the good, you know, the quality juiced-up souls. The yeah. heroes and stuff. And Nagash made an army out of prisoners and low lifes and stuff, and that's Night Hunt. And it did fine. But he wants the good stuff. And if Sigmar's not gonna give it to him, he's gonna build his own, like Sigmar did. Yeah, and then he just like in, instead of like cramming like the choicest heroes, he crams like, he crams, like five, five souls. Five souls in one. It's the old blade <laughs> of the immortal inside joke. What's better than one sword? Thirteen swords. Right. Right. So uh, the next or one up cloud, is what's better than one sword, seven swords. Or I think that was just he the, the biggest sword, the biggest sword. Advent Children, he has seven swords, but they all become the Buster Sword or whatever at the right. end because it explodes apart. And he just has all the swords. Yeah, the Voltron Sword. Oh, so good. Because sometimes like a bunch of swords is really cool, but sometimes you just need the biggest one. Right. So you can put them all together. All right. He he's a problem solver. You know, like he 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 like they they all ride really well. Uh. You know, Nagash is a whiny baby. What? Look, he's, he's he is just Walter, right? He is ex he is you extracting know, the way souls work. The way souls work in the mortal realms, like that's bowling. You know, it's not nom. There are rules here, right? Mm -hmm. He gets the souls. This, this is how it works. He just wants people to follow the rules. Sigmar went over the line, and he asked the market zero, and yeah. that's it. Yeah. Like, doesn't anyone give a shit about the rules? Yeah. I mean, Sigmar's the one who, who fucking woke him up and bestowed upon him the charge of managing the souls. That's a real job. It's a tasking job. It's really fucking hard, especially with chaos, trying to corrupt shit and steal the souls, too. Like, you give me this fucking job and then you fucking go back on it? Fuck you, dude. Like, no. No, he's like every pissed off worker ever. He's He makes total sense. I don't think he's particularly whining because he's too extracting, careful, and like, most of his enemies, he just waits for them to die and wins in the long one run anyway. Like, also, in fiction, you tend to, like, 
anthropomorphize gods to make the story interesting, but they're probably less uh, human with human emotions and stuff than, than that is the case. It's true. Although it is myth, so perhaps it's just overblown, you know, emotions of people. Sure. But I, I, I can't think believe Game Workshop no. didn't accept my short story, Market Zero, where Nagash just, <laughs> just goes through the exact Big Lebowski thing with Sigma. Oh, that's so good. Like I, I didn't even bother submitting the fan fiction I just wrote. Did you? Did you get a chance to read that yet? Where like the co- where uh where Bone Chad defeats a a, a Damon Prince with his cod piece. <laughs> I, I mean, it was just too realistic. It was a... I want for fiction. I want I want a little more, <laughs> a little more make believe. Yeah, a little too. It's, just... yeah. it's too realistic. <laughs> Like I, I named the the Birdman Crowbro, so like I, I have like the full names for all of them. Like I wanted Bone Chad short story to just be about him skiing a double black diamond and like stealing Sigmar's girl. <laughs> Too far, Tristan. Like like I have it like like no, he's a Valsel because Marathi was hitting on him and he and he thought Begonder. And yeah. this is true, like, this is canon in the book. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, a uh, voluntary celibate, so it's Valsel. Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, he thought Begond Marathi and stuff. <laughs> um, no, so, like, the next up is, is then, uh, it's, uh, Punishment of Lethargy, that's, uh, Castigo de Letargo. Uh, choose a unit wholly within, so this is a, a wholly within 18 inches and fully visible, uh, roll a die on a four up that unit cannot run until your next hero phase. In addition, they may only roll one d six to charge instead of two d six. So this is really nice for like that jump turn. Also works on a three up if your opponent hasn't fully painted his models because <laughs> lethargy. Like you got to get on that. Yeah, yeah, you get a bonus. Yeah. If they were still doing silly rolls, these would be a lot more funny, but much worse on the table. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so... And what's the distance? 18, you said? 18 on and that one. Holy? Is, or is it holy? It is holy one. within. So it's really going to just deny the one turn if you're, like, if you're redlining at your deployments. Yeah. So um, I'm going to get that one catching on, by the way. Redlining <laughs> is, like, a term for when you put all your models all the way up at the de- edge of the deployment mm-hmm. zone. Because you got backlining and then redlining. It, it's... Perfect. So yeah, I think the Bone Tithe Nexus is is a terrain piece. I think the terrain piece confirmed for these guys, which is a step in the right direction, and something Night Haunt was missing. But this is speculation. Also, the fact that they have a terrain piece probably means that they don't have grave sites. Right. I mean, we kind of suspect that they wouldn't have grave sites for a variety of reasons, anyhow, because these are constructs. Mm-hmm. And so the summonable keyword is probably not going to be on the stuff in this book because mm-hmm. they're not summoning them. They're constructing them because they're construct. Or we're, I guess we're assuming they're constructs, but... Yeah. Yes. And so I think it's, you know, the way they quote-unquote summon is probably a factory. Like a walking factory, for instance. <laughs> Which brings us to the... Uh... One of the baddest, like the baddest named dudes on the planet. <laughs> like he is a bad enough name, dude. The Gothazar Harvester. Oh, yes. it's do like fucking like the double fucking bass drums kick in. Gothazar Harvester. <laughs> like that's so hardcore. Like the name, 
<laughs> rock out with the crock rock out. out with the crock out. Yep, right. this is it. Yeah. So this this dude now and and one of the reasons I wanted to do the hype stream is because I had like a like a check my check my like my privilege moment for like when I saw this model, um, where I'd been like stupendously excited about everything, and then I saw this model. I'm like, eh, it's all right. Like I, I like and like I was having the opposite reaction of of like the you know because a lot of people were like oh lukewarm on on the bone reapers and they saw this and they're like this is awesome and i was just like it's all right you know um although i did get what i wanted which was a dark souls monster i wanted just this like this bloodborne dark souls amount bone amalgam constructy thing that's exactly what this looks like um, also a construct of because we were talking about grave titan before mm. where it's this giant made out of 30 zombies or 50 zombies or something like that well, this is a uh, behemoth made out of a whole bunch of skeletons. So yeah. they kind of yeah. did that. It looks way different than we were imagining. Right. But again, like a theme is I'd rather them try crazy creative stuff and maybe go a little too far than be boring. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, yeah. You... and if you don't like the head, you can give it another head. And if you don't like the legs, you can give it another leg. And if you are an entire different bottom half or something. And if you don't like the reticulating tail that is a fist that just pounds at the end of it, by the way, <laughs> yeah. then you're, you know, you're wrong because that's you're... awesome. That's, that's just, just a great part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I like yeah. It's got different weapon options. That's cool. They showed the big morning star spike. Mm -hmm. And, you know... It almost went without saying, and in fact, it did go without saying because it was so obvious we didn't even mention it, but everybody was thinking it. Yes, this thing's armor, Morgast. and the fact that it, there's a whole bunch of skulls inside of its body, definitely Morgast, and the, the mounts nat that... The Nether Beasts. Uh, yeah, the mounts that uh, Mortarks ride. Mm -hmm. You know, exact same thing, or at least clearly built out of the same factory. Dread Abyssal, that's right. The, I call it a Nether Beast, but yeah, the Dread Abyssal. I don't remember what those beasts are called. Yeah, Dread, that's it. Dread Abyssals, thanks, chat. Um, yeah, so like... Also, I want, and because of that, I would like this as an alternative mount option for your Mortarks, because I want Archon <laughs> to ride this. Yes. Yes. At least as a conversion, right? Yeah, so um, I... like. If I ride it, I mean, I mean Archon is the guy underneath, obviously. Yeah, so this this model is unfortunately, I think, prone to being a turtle, uh, because he's got like the his, flag. His turtle is that? What, are we calling turtle a big, awesome-looking thing that has abilities that you don't want in kinda. the army that it's in? Yeah, kind of. Is turtle like what we're calling low tans, except monsters? Yeah, right? yeah, that's that's what I think we're doing here. So I like this thing is in danger of being a turtle, right? He even has, like, a turtle head here. <laughs> so it's, like, foreshadowing when he sucks. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of a turtle head, though, the first one. There is a yeah. gator head underneath for the alternative. Right. But I feel like, look at his back. That's a corpse cart. That's just straight up a corpse cart on his back. There's no way he doesn't have abilities you want in this army. That's the hope. Um, and uh, of all these photos, the one that sells me the most on it is actually this, the one that's on the that they show on showed from the table and this like this one here the the color uh 
the colored background mm-hmm. one. This is the one that most sells me on it um, because the back down this angle looks good, the very very topmost one, but the back angle makes it look a weird like it's just weird, and it almost looks like a quadruped from behind, which was sad. And then you switch angles and it looks cool again. But really, it's this dude down here. It's a uh, it's a uh, it's groin dude that. <laughs> I'm just like maybe well, they went started to... out. He started out as a normal construct, and then they just kept adding stuff to him, right? Over and over, and now now he's got all this. This is his armor, I guess. Like he's super happy to be groin bro, though. <laughs> yeah, you can't feel bad for him because he is pleased with his job somehow. <laughs> like he's really happy about like, this. You might muse about how he could be, but the fact remains he's got a he's got a big old smile, and uh, he's got. Pretty good job security mm-hmm. in the Nagash hierarchy, I would think. Right. He's picking up stuff. <laughs> I don't know where he's... I don't know how those arms are putting the stuff he's picking up all the way back there. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, magic. <laughs> or he's real good at toss. Like a, I imagine that... Toss. I imagine that the, like, the main body part just like eats whatever he like hands up to it. Oh, and it just moves there through it? Yeah, fair he, enough. Yeah. That's probably right. He, he, yeah, so I, th- I think that's probably what, what happens is this thing. And there's a little burb here that's fighting with one of his arms to, to have a little bone. I feel like the burb's not going to get that. This is in the yellow picture. There's a lot of burbs throughout. So we got, like, Vulture Bro here. Like, there's, there's like, a lot of burbs throughout the army. Dude, yeah. think about how many bits are in, like, a kit like a Gorgon. Imagine how many options and extra, extra shit you can put on this guy in this kit. I bet this, this kit's going to be... Completely awesome for conversion. Yeah, Bird Birdmaster or Crowbro as I've been calling him is on Big K's base. So uh Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Birdmaster is. Yeah. Um yeah, so like th- this model here was the one that I actually got the lukewarm response to, like, personally, and, and that actually was a good feeling for me because my i felt like my skepticism was coming back because I have been since this this army was announced just no, I have no like quality control or like or like decent critical assessment from my normal like from just where I normally am. Like I'm very well, sometimes skeptical. you're too excited to be like coherent, right? So right. it was good to come out lukewarm on something because you're like, oh, okay, I'm still in charge of my faculties. We're good, right? Yeah. Right. And then somebody released a meme with this thing standing next to the uh, <laughs> standing next to the. Uh, uh, the Necrosphinx, and I'm like, okay, I'm back. This thing looks awesome. Oh, yeah, where he's like, uh, stay strong, brother. <laughs> yeah, he's like, like the... stay strong, brother. Yeah. The 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 stay strong meme. I don't remember. Am, who... I, am I beautiful, uh, Oniki, or whatever? I can't remember what the what the terminology was. I'm trying to find it here real quick. But, um, and it's not that, like, I think this looks better than, than the Necrosphinx. The Necrosphinx quite literally is one of the greatest sculpts, I think. I think well, the Necrosphinx is so different, just from the top down. There we like, go. Necrosphinx is a regal, a regal, beautiful, you know, sculpture brought to life. Mm-hmm. And this thing is a heinous corpse factory, mm-hmm. a heinous walking corpse factory. And those are, like, the two starting points they went from. So, of course, this one would be ugly and the other one would be beautiful. Like, it's it's kind of what, what they're supposed to be, right? Well, that, that contrast was just... It's just what I needed. Yeah. Like, to see them next to each other, it, it somehow... 
<laughs> stay strong for mother. <laughs> no, it, it's just, it, it, it just, it brought it in where I'm, I'm just like, yo, I'm, I'm back for this because how I, I could see the like sort of artist's will with this creature, kind of like how you highlighted this thing is like nasty and ugly and kind of in like the way it should be for its army. And, uh, and it's just like, it won me back over. So I'm back to like full hype mode and there's not a model I'm lukewarm on anymore. <laughs> like, which brings us to the, uh, uh, to the, uh, to the, uh, Ossiarch Bone Reapers, like, shield dudes, the Immortus Guard. Um. I like these yeah. guys more than the combat versions. Mm -hmm. Just aesthetically. Um. Their shields are huge and awesome. I'm, I'm a huge fan of their helmets. Like this world, like this German kind of World War helmet. On a motorcycle, almost except with flanges. Mm -hmm. um, they're clavic. They're like super clavicle things, stopping people from decapitating them in one blow. Looks really great. Right. Big weapons, big legs. Yeah, I'm all about it. And they have these like giant smiles. Um, a lot of people don't like the smile. I think it's fun. I love it. I actually do like it. You know. I'm not in the same way that I don't like the stormcasts zero emotion face masks which is a cool idea in theory but then seeing it on the table it's a little boring this one is personality like death with personality it goes the opposite direction like so and that's hard. what i really like about it like this uh this death army has a lot of personality it's very arrogant like both in the lore and represented in the models we're looking at yeah and the like i said on the show like and the the arrogance is shown in their rules as well which is very good like that's fun that's the type of good rules writing. I don't know the specific rules, but I know that he starts out pretty weak because you're fighting all of his lackeys first. Because <laughs> you have to earn it. Like, you don't deserve to face him until you've proven yourself against his hangers-on. Right. And that's just a brilliant mechanic uh, rules-wise. <laughs> it's probably going to mean that he's not going to be amazing. Right. Because he doesn't start out great. He gets there. Yeah. Yeah. And usually you just want stuff to be default great, right? But, you know. Or he ends Gortrek great, and it's kind of worth it. <laughs> like... yeah. yeah, or you just plow him into stuff. And like, go ahead, attack him. Now, who knows? Yeah, yeah. And uh, going back to these guys' face masks, and this is just throughout the whole army, and I'm afraid I'm repeating myself here, but the, the Menuroi, the Mangu vibe, I really get that. Like, these aren't, they're, these are war masks, you know? made to and even here we get to see like a little two-tone action so they have like the jawbone and then the face is painted a different color scheme which isn't like this isn't how i would do it but this is getting people to start i think thinking a little bit more about how these are more these are masks you know these are these are their war masks and to paint them like red not bone well color. everything just, is a mask these guys are created out of they're just built out of nothing so everything is a mask in a way right uh they're you know they're a bunch of bones that were sutured together with magic. Right. And so the question as to whether or not it's their real face is almost like a philosophical one at this point. Ooh, but it's a fun one. So, uh, so there's uh, that catapult in the background. Yeah, we got the catapult here. Uh, Nagash, obviously, because just reinforcing that, that this is still a legion of Nagash. But also, I think, very visually like showing this is the new wave this is the the next thing because even he's like well blurred and in the background and then we've got archon 
on his on his seat over here. And this is another one of those moments where I kind of like had to check my privilege because I was like, I don't want this to be Archon's army, you know. Like Catacros has been, it's the he's the Mortark of the Necropolis, so I'm kind of like a little hesitant to be happy that Archon's getting a new War Scroll and and pictured here because Archon's got his thing, and down the line. I fully expect him to be betray Nagash, uh, to be the counterpoint that everybody wants. Like I, I'm. He's been the most loyal right hand man for ten thousand years. But oh. you know, then again, the things long change, con. right? The long the old con. world anymore. Yeah, the longest. Con. Um, you say new war scroll. I hope it is a new war scroll. Instead I hope they did revisit Archon instead of just copy paste. I really hope that is the case. Now, from the page peel, we know that his wheel is the same, and some of his charting is the same. Uh, still 4-up save, still 11 wounds, still star flying, which is 16, I think, to start. Possibly 18 for Archon? He's very He's 16. Fast. 16. He's 16, 16 flying. yeah. Yeah, Archon's cool. Like, lore-wise and flavor-wise, he's, he's, like, he's always been really cool, but his identity yeah, is... I like him. ...is the first, you know, the first among Mortarks, the Nagash's right hand, the most loyal. And... I would like to see his his him getting a little bit more of a re, like a real personality than like the you know the eternal second in command type thing. That's cool. It's a cool shtick. Um but like I think now that we are in, are no longer in the world that was, now that it is the mortal realms, like it's time to it's time to let him like uh, stretch out his legs a little bit. It doesn't mean he needs to betray uh Nagash, but but I think he can there's so much to be done with death because for four years nothing was done with it you know um and it's been such a one obviously it's one of the the main gas one of the four gas but also it's like a huge part of the backstory it was all dwarves and skeletons building the world that building up the world when it was like approaching its golden age the land of myth mm -hmm. you know skeletons coexisting or like ancestor ghosts coexisting with their with their like successors and progeny and stuff in in Shyish. it was actually kind of awesome. So, so yes, yeah, and, and a, a not oft mentioned fact about the old world or about the age of myth in AOS is that skeletons built most of it. You know, the great cities were built by the dispossessed, mm -hmm. but skeletons built almost everything, at least in Shyish and some other place. Right. Because everybody was, you know, it was a world without lawyers, like in The Simpsons. Everybody was just holding hands and there's rainbows. Like, everyone <laughs> was actually working together. Right, right. And the, the, the Pantheon was kind of getting along. Uh, Gorkamorka was out just punching god beasts in the mouth or whatever. Yeah, Gorkamorka <laughs> was killing god beasts just one after another. He killed almost all of them in the whole eight realms. <laughs> right. Um, because it was the only way for him to do something useful that wouldn't ruin everything for everyone and right. he kind of knew it and everyone else kind of knew it because he's so destructive and chaotic and angry <laughs> that they're like well how can he help because the longer he stays around the more likely he is to just start punching people whether they be good gods or bad gods or cities or anything and they're like well here's a bunch of impossibly huge god beasts you know the, the size of the, the gulf of mexico like go fight those and he's like okay okay <laughs> Mama smash him good. <laughs> so he just goes out and just goes on a on a tear. Um, yeah, 
so we got the the stalkers here at the back too. We've also got regular Morgas hanging out over here. I think Arkai uh, because they have the arm, they have the armor, the breastplate. Um, and then we've got uh, mounted character, um, which is kind of what I was hoping for. Something like this to go along with the cavalry. So pleased. Obviously, we have no idea what any of the rules are. So, uh, so this is purely as like a model and 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 just sort of like seeing the design standpoint of like. I do think, like, they're being sort of consistent across the board. And then we got this guy over here. And, uh, this is one of those oh, characters. The, the Necro Lounger. Yeah, the Necro Lounger. Unbelievable! Unbelievable. Thank you so much for that follow there. Uh, and then you got, like, the Necro Lounger over here. And this is one of those things where the way somebody would say something negative about it, I would say that same exact thing, except really loud and excited. Which is like, ugh, he's a necromancer and he just made a loud, like a, a, a bone lounge chair with his, with his like awesome necromancy power. And then I'd be like, yeah, he just made a fucking lounge chair with his awesome necromancy power. If I had just one cantrip from Dungeons and Dragons, like prestidigitation or like mage hand, if I had mage hand, my body would atrophy because I wouldn't move anything ever again. Without Mage Hand. Like, if it's too heavy, if it's more than five pounds, like, oh, can't be helped, can't be moved. A cup of coffee is less than that. I would Mage Hand up my cup of coffee, like, take a sip. Like, oh, it's too hot. And, like, ugh. Like, I just float it back down. Like, open the fridge. Like, I would just never move again. With just Mage Hand. I would get to the point where I wouldn't even move my mouth anymore. I would have one Mage Hand to, like, move my jaw up and down yeah. for me. And that's how you talk. <laughs> Your mage hands would press on your chest so that it would breathe for you. <laughs> so, like... But now imagine you could create stuff out of bones and give it life. Yeah, hell yeah, you'd have a big lawn chair. <laughs> like, carried around by actually weird-looking legs. Um, yeah. But it immediately uh, reminded me of MGS4. Yeah, and you made it so... For specifically me, I thought it was cool. Because the legs, like, don't look cool. Right. But they look cool to me because it's so obviously, like, a Metal Gear inspiration. Or maybe it's not inspiration, but it seems like it, it was so similar that it really reminded me of the Gecko Walkers from the beginning of that game. And the meme made itself. Yeah, so real quick for reference in case we have uh, some folks that don't play. Um, can I get a big image without going to your weird page? This isn't the best image, but... So here's a gecko walker, right? The legs especially. Um, and then you just chop off the top half and put a, put a lawn chair on it, and you have this dude. Um, this is one of those guys uh, where we're like... I, like, I dig the... Uh, I, I dig uh, the... I dig the, the concept more than the aesthetic. Uh, and so I would... Where was I? Uh, I think I was on this one. No, I was on the I was on the blow up picture. Um, I dig the concept more than the aesthetic, but I, it's like one leg swap away from me love from from me loving the model. So like whatever, like it's it's fine, you know, to be ninety percent there on your aesthetic and leave some room for kit bashing. Then like thralls, for instance, thralls. Me, there is nothing with my ability that I can do kit bash wise to improve that model. Some professional made. Like, a model that is 100% what it's supposed to be. And, so, like, what, what do yeah, I have? Yeah, they're, they're regal 
dark elves from Hellboy too. Like they just look so good. Right. Yeah. The prince. Uh, prin uh, prince Nuada. That freaking yeah, badass. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So there's like not much I can add to that conversation apart from making it mine and personalizing it. You know, throw like freaking the like really like wide rice caps, not the pointed ones, like the the rounded ones. Like throwing those on them would look fucking like sick. Like, with the little tassels hanging down, too. That would be pretty cool. They already have the poses, and then just, like, you always have the hat, like, Raiden-style in front of their eyes. Uh, but here I go, putting more hats on robots. <laughs> there's also coffin, There's also Coffin Man. Mm -hmm. uh, dreadlock, skull, chest, Coffin Man. Yeah. Who I think looks totally sweet. Do you have a picture for that, or I can sign one? Yeah. Um, I mean... We 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 kind of went over him in in the previous ones. So oh, you did. Sure. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, we we like I I love that. Oh, that's right. We talked about that last time. Yeah, and the thing I found really awesome about it was all the heads hanging on hooks from his chains. They all have crowns, and so they're all kings. And he's got space for and one that's more. What I really liked about it. He's got space for one more. Yeah, yeah. So like they, I I really he's the coffin man's uh, one of those like. And he tells a story like he has three kings hung from this thing. And one hook remaining, and he's showing you a contract where you need to sign. Mm -hmm. And so who's this guy talking to? A king, right? Yeah. He's talking to the fourth king, and he's like, are you writing your name next to the X, or does your head go on the fourth hook? And right. so I like models that, you know, the, you know the whole story of this guy just from looking at the model, right? Which is such a success. Well, this is... He's he and this is the guy I call like in low tan danger. But like even while saying that, before knowing his rules, I already know I'm putting him in my cart for my pre order. Like I'm not even I don't even need to see the see his rules to know I'm buying that model because I love it that much. Same thing with Catacross. And then like the great shame will be I'll buy the army and it's just gonna be like run all of the skeletons, the generic mounted man, like it's necromancer scythe man, and then like that's the army, you know? Yeah, the, the worst outcome would be Nighthaunt. Mm -hmm. And Nighthaunt is a fun, cool army that's much better than it used to be. Right. But specifically talking about, like, models and what's good, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, the worst would be Nighthaunt or Eidneth Deepkin. Because mm -hmm. both of these share the same problem. It's, you have all these fantastic-looking things, and the best way to play Nighthaunt is with the generic foot hero and none of the named ones. And the best way to play IDK is the worst-looking, tiniest foot heroes, and then the worst-looking cavalry. And so we can only hope that this one, at last, doesn't do that. I've got faith. Uh, I'm not going to, like... Like I said, my uh, me falling off the hype train will happen when we actually talk rules. Um, yeah. And that's going to be... Like, I was just thinking about that. That's going to be tricky <laughs> for you. Not for me. It's going to be very easy for me, but for you, it's going to be hard. I, for me, it's going to be hard when Beast Claw or Maw Tribes comes out. When and that's where yeah. I'll have my challenge. Because when Maw Tribes comes out, I'm going to be looking at rules from a lens I haven't looked at them through before, which is brand new stuff for the stuff I like. Mm -hmm. And normally I'm pretty objective about stuff, perhaps brutally objective at times as far as rules go. But then here's a thing that I really want to be good and is going to be brand new and it's going to be the first time I'm looking at it. And so am I going to like round up everything because I'm excited or round down everything because I don't want, because I want to like counteract how excited I am, but then end up being wrong 
Because you overcompensate or, for your excitement. Or worse, seen yeah. as the kind of guy who says his army isn't good when it is, because everybody knows that kind of guy. Yes. Every like, Slanesh player right now. <laughs> okay. Yes. Every single Slanesh player, uh, especially the ones that um, suspiciously had exactly 2,000 points prepared uh, before the thing was even released. Especially those people. <laughs> it's not that good, guys. Yeah. But yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to be that kind of a person. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 here's the thing: is like so Games Workshop has my money. With these models. They know they fucking... Like, Mr. GW is just, like, smoking a cigar, sitting in a lounge, like, in a in a high-backed, like, velvet chair, smoking a cigar, and just, like, rolling rolling the Churchill from one corner of his mouth to the other, and just, yeah. like... <laughs> He's like, tell you what, I'm gonna send you pictures of these, and then I'll just send you the bill. <laughs> right. Like, God damn it, you're right. Yep, yep. Yeah, and, and like I'm like I'm gonna buy two or three boxes of the of the freaking skeleton cavalry. I'm gonna buy a box each of the stalkers and the and the immortus guard. I'm gonna buy one of the big dudes, one catapult to start. Like I just know, like I the, the, like I'm just like hearing the cash register noise in my head every time I look at these models, and I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> like no. <laughs> Which incidentally, every dollar I make streaming is going to go to this army in the future. So. Yeah, uh, it's like a lot of streamers. They'll have a thing where it's like, buy me pizza or beer. Know, yeah, beer money. Your uh, a coffee. Your donations. Your donations are used so that I can um, not take contracts I hate and do this show instead. You know, two times a month. Yeah, like me. And yours is going to be. Give me donations so that I can buy Assyrian Bone Reapers and then tell you about how sweet they are. Yeah, yeah, it's like... Like, that's not bad. Like, <laughs> it's I, just, I need to offset the cost here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, how much money I make streaming in the next couple months uh, directly, like, correlates to how, how happy Molly is with me versus how... <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, man, but the GW finally got me. And it's, it's funny because, you know, I came into the game and everything's like kind of new when you first get into it. And so you're sort of excited. Um, but you know, I've, I've become a, you know, I've leveled up. I've had a lot of skepticism. I've taken a lot of time thinking about a second army and so on and so forth. And caveat, this is, this is still my first army because I view yeah, all it's of still death. death. Yeah, I mean, it's still death. Look at, yeah. Nagash is in the picture. It's his yeah. army. Yeah. So this is technically still the first army. Technically the first army. The fact that it'll be, that you'll have like four or five thousand points of it. That's you know still one army. Still, <laughs> right. Still just two armies. Yeah, I'm still I'm still good with the two army rule. <laughs> I'm still on a on a technicality. I have a lot of points of beast claw. We could do a uh, dark artisan style like big narrative game. Like it it could. Be. Oh, I have like possibly thirty five hundred. Maybe four thousand points of Beast Claw and Gutbusters. Mm -hmm. So I've got a could lot be of Nagash leading eighty skeletons plus Black Knights plus eighteen hundred points of Bone Reapers versus like four thousand points of Ma Tribes the entire Sunday afternoon, you know, and actually record it with phones. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, we'll record it with phones. Like, do the nauseating straight top-down angle that gives you no uh, idea of depth. No, we're using phones, so the angles will be decent. Actually. Oh, okay, all right. But we'll cut out all the dice rolling because nobody wants to see that. No, if you, you cut out the dice rolling and just talk about what happens, 
it cuts an hour off of like the average. Uh, Doom's got a Doom's got a pretty good yeah, format got a good right way now. Of doing it. He's yeah. got a pretty good format right now for bat reps. Uh, he's been refining the yeah, process re- for a while. Rerolling ones and Doom and Darkness are the two bat reps that I'll that I'll actually watch on purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are probably plenty of other good ones. I'm not like searching for them though. That's my caveat. Right. Yeah, I, I hope they they jump straight to Battle Force Box too. Like and give us these guys versus versus the ogres. Uh and then and then, you know, we just split a box and both of us are happy. Um, yeah. Also, there's going to be a foot hero that's whose rules are like insane that only comes in that fucking box mm-hmm. for a year. Ugh. And so, you know, we're going to have to get that anyway. Uh for instance, Relictor or uh What's the, uh, oh, what? It's not Slaughter Priest. What's the name of that corn guy with the banner? I'm blanking on it. It goes in every fucking army. Um, I don't. Spinal. It's, it's so goofy. Wow. I, I don't remember. There's the one hero. It's, it's something like, uh, yeah, Blood Secretor. That's it. Yeah, Blood Secretor. Yeah, Blood Secretor. How could I forget? Huh. Yeah, he only showed up in in like giant boxes forever possibly still i haven't looked uh sylvaneth's uh, arc revenant only comes in the loon and loon curse box so if it is ogres versus bones if it is meat versus bones uh then we'll at least each have whatever new foot hero with great rules they'll come out with perfect yeah did they ever release the skaven rocket man i'm not sure the the bombardier i don't know I don't know. They, they usually come on a blister pack down the line, right? Usually, yes. But some specifically, like, never. Hmm. Even though a bunch of people want it. Hmm. It's so weird that they would do it that way, because they can just make money. I know they, they have to sell their starter boxes, but they'll probably sell them anyway. You know? And especially yeah. if you just, on a delay, release the, the blister down the line. Like, it... Whatever. Um... Instead of having us go on eBay and dealing with the secondhand market, that's just simply not fun. So yeah, um, obviously I'm still excited about these guys, um, the Ossiarch Bone Reapers. Uh, I freaking love this picture, by the way. That's another thing that I wish uh, I could get a little bit more. Readily. It's holding an orc head. Uh oh, could it be? Could it be Bone Reapers versus Oryx? But I thought it was going to be Cities of Sigmar and Oryx at the same time. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they just forgot um, concept. I like the proportions on the groin man here a little better because it's like it's growing out of his brain. Like he is having this nightmare <laughs> yeah. and this nightmare you think monster. He's a groin man. He's not. This whole thing is just his brain. Like that's yes, how, that's how brain his plan is. Yes. Yeah. Like that's that's a galaxy brain. This is the galaxy brain of of Ossiarch Bone Reapers. <laughs> like, bone Factory brain. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is, like, I love this. This is awesome. Um, so, this kind of, like, segues into what I really wanted to talk about uh, with the uh, Galaxy Bone, yeah. Uh, with, like, Ogres and stuff. Like, I think that, you know, the reason sometimes things are polarized in views, you know, there's a the concept in design, the twos and nines, right? Um, you want things to be just, like, universally loved or universally hated by whatever ran- random person, you, you just want them on both sides. Every every person you want them to either have an opinion of a two or nine, you never want someone lukewarm on something. Which is Yeah, that's a that's a Mark Rosewater rule of design where 
if you have a card that everyone votes on how much they like it and everyone says it's a seven mm -hmm. counterintuitively that's bad or rather not bad but it's worse than half the people saying it's two out of ten and half the people saying it's nine out of ten because now you have something that really hits people halfway half people mm -hmm. it really hits them that they love it and then other people at least feel strongly enough about it not to like it and that's great right because you want to hit those nines and tens any way you can even if you're hitting twos on other people right. and then there's how there's discussion how could you like this how could you not like this that's good people but like me sevens, fired sevens up. across the board sevens across the board where everyone's just kind of in agreement that's a that's a tad dull yeah, and and you know, then you get like the 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 opinions, the debates, the wheel turns and turns and turns. People like me, how uh, you know, get on a soapbox and just no, this is great, this is great, this is great. I generate other interests for them. If I was lukewarm on it, I'm not making three shows worth of content about how great I think these yeah. guys are. You know, it's like you know. pineapple on pizza, <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. And because some people feel so strongly about not liking it that they make memes about how no, how it doesn't even belong. And they're like, culinarily wise, this isn't even something you should ever do, you know. <laughs> and then other people like it. And that's better than Sevens, where it's just boring. Yeah. Like it's, the like pepperoni. Pizza. it's like pepperoni. Yeah. Ooh, like cheese pizza. Um, too soon? Too soon. <laughs> too soon. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, all right i'll give it another 10 years yeah, it's yeah. an old meme sir but it checks out yeah this checks out yeah so um you know you, you want those strong opinions on either side of the scale and i think part of how that's achieved is is essentially the quirks of something i mean you've got i think you've got two things at play here and this happens in age of sigmar this this went back before i even knew bone reapers were about to be a thing is i wanted them to i kept using vampires as my example for the new death army i'm like i don't know sky vampires i don't know whatever like just throwing it out there. Sky pirate vampires would have been cool. As just with shade glass just, ability, yeah. Yeah, with shade glass abilities and like a like a, a elite foot troop, you know, that comes in a group of twenty or thirty, like something like that would be really sweet. Um, but like the the whole point of that was that that's what I wanted. That was just the throwing it out there to to express that I wanted to see Games Workshop just come at it sideways and come up with something the way they did Ko. Uh, every time they've released, yeah, and this is supposed to be distinct from other death and what does other death do it spams like tons of tiny troops mm -hmm. basically yeah obviously there's different builds but that's like how you're supposed to play it quote unquote mm -hmm. and so you know unless they mess up what they were intending which does happen from time to time and it makes for great <laughs> content right because you yeah. get to point that out in hilarious ways but you know this army is clearly not supposed to be all of those 25 millimeter or 25 mil shield men. Yeah. And then like a nameless hero. Like yeah, that's not their goal. If that's how people end up building, cause that's clearly the best way to do, then like it's a huge failure. Yeah. Because this is, this is supposed to be death in a different way. It's a different death. Night haunt was a different death because death is slow and it foot slogs at four inches for the most part, except for the heroes and the night haunt here. It's like, you know, fast armor teleporting, season, ethereal, yeah. everything flies, literally everything flies. Yeah. Is there a non-flying unit in Night Hunt? I don't think so. I don't think so either. And uh, the other thing they did was, like, the notion of, like, elite troops. Like, actually being elite, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what this is. Like, we have elite death. It's got ranged units. 
Um, because the worst thing would be every death faction is kind of the same. Mm -hmm. Obviously, they have to share similarities because they're in a Grand Alliance. But playstyle-wise, they should be very distinct. And so far, they are. Well, like Order, Night for instance. Hunt, Night Hunt plays very distinctly from LON. Oh, they play like a very, destruction Very much so. Yeah, but Night Hunt is a destruction army. It's just cosplaying with a sheet over its body. Yeah. Because you're... I mean, you're... you're uh, you're playing the slot machine for those natural nines and re-rolling successful charge to get them, you know? Yeah, burning all you your command play, points. play like that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think there's a... The the design coming at it sideways, I think they've, they've, they've proven to me they're, like, the proof of premise. Like, I see that in the models. I feel it in the story. Their arrogance, uh, you know, fight me on my level, Mr. Catacross, where you just, you know, fight me on my level. Like, I... I, or I'll fight you on your level. Like, I, I like... That's all there. And then now, the next challenge then becomes, like, visual. And you have to tie the visual into, you know, your your theme for the army. Which, again, Bone Constructs, that one's pretty easy. But then they freaking cranked it to 11. Which is where you get the... Your your take, and I think it might be in your... In your, uh, in your like, getting started video where you do, like, the army breakdowns. Where you mention, like... Like, you'd rather them be too... Well, I won't I won't paraphrase you. I can have you say it. You'd rather them be too... Like, go too far than not far enough, right? Creatively? With, yes. uh, with the models? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, so creative... That's, that's why it's... That's why it's, um... Characterful. That's why it's so interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's why... You know... We got two... We have two Age of Sigmar, you know... Dwarf armies... But they're like, take one part of a dwarf concept and just turn it up to 11. Like, AOS might as well be taking some stock fantasy idea and then turning it up to 11 or 12. <laughs> right. And it might be too far, and it often is. But that's why it's cool. Right. Right. And I think... Is this a show, by the way, for... Uh, pointless guessing about what mechanics are going to be if you want to throw in some it is a rant cast so i'll let you throw it in all right like i got one and this okay. this can't go on this so this is the perfect place for it uh, so here's my i don't even want to call it a prediction because it's not uh what is it that they say on warhammer weekly when they're like wouldn't it be cool if the mechanics were this and it's not really a prediction but it's just like a good well, you're just spitballing. Uh, neat idea just, of a yeah. direction they could go. Sure, spitballing. And although another tangent here, uh, Frank on the Rocks has the perfect sentence <laughs> that I'm gonna have him sign. Uh, I'm gonna have him sign a contract, you know, later on, so that I'm because <laughs> I'm just stealing this sentence. <laughs> okay. And I hope I remember to write it down. But AOS is fantasy, fantasy. So it's taking fantasy and then just doing that again to fantasy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like if, if fantasy was a filter that, you know, in, increased the <laughs> luminosity, you would just control F, control F for Photoshop people. Mm -hmm. And it would be blinding and, and perhaps too much. But anyway, so... Uh, it's fantasy, fantasy. I love that too. Use it with yeah. love, he says. Yeah, we're stealing it forever. This is now going into the lexicon of, of Age of Sigmar content creators. Yeah. Just like Sword of Japan, just like I'm trying to get Redline trending. Like, like this is this is it. Yeah, I know it goes in some sentence where it's like, 
you know, Lord of the Rings is a, a mythology kind of based on the World War, mm -hmm. except fantasy version of it. Mm -hmm. And so Age of Sigmar is the fantasy version of fantasy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But anyway, what I think about uh, what, what they could do rules-wise for Bone Reapers, like no gravesite, no gravesites, no summonable, because these guys are constructed and they're crafted. And then look at, um, look at Galaxy Bone here. This guy started out as as a dude with a big brain, and then his brain just started putting stuff onto it: extra arms, armor plates, a million skulls, a, a cool head, and then just all this other stuff on the back. He's like picking stuff up and putting it, like building himself. Mm -hmm. What if instead of summoning or bringing stuff back to life or returning slain to whatever or adding stuff to your army, over the course of the game, you are mechanically, rules-wise, putting extra stuff on all of your guys. So, like, this thing collects stuff and there's some sort of resource with it. But you're, like, putting extra armor or extra heads and arms and stuff, just rules-wise. Like bolstering your troops that are still alive. Oh, like they're alive. leveling up and shit? Yeah, like, they're like, le everything is like leveling up over the course of the game. Oh, that'd be so metal. And so, like, by the end of it, if if you were modeling towards, if this was like a computer game, you know, instead of the model is what it is, by turn five, your like basic troops have like six extra arms with, with swords made out of other people's bones and you know, they're all on walkers like the necromancer and they just like keep putting stuff on all these guys. I love that. Because the Mortark that. has a theme of starting out kind of weak and then you're fighting successive dudes and then you finally fight him. And so what if that concept is expanded army-wide where it starts out, you're pretty good and then you keep like bolstering stuff and improving stuff and putting things on them and like you're not bringing stuff back to life. Yeah, your numbers you're not are shrinking. Units, and you're not even necessarily healing or anything. But the dudes that are left are just like getting better and better because the more stuff that dies, the more the more uh, raw materials you have to make the dudes even better. Yeah, that are left, they're just getting like tinkered up and shit. Like that's really awesome. It it fits the 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 verisimilitude, you know. Of and it's the exact opposite of the kind of thing that LON is about, mm -hmm. where skeletons are only good at forty, mm -hmm. and at thirty they get weaker, and at twenty they get weaker, and at ten they suck. Right. And for these guys, it's like the opposite, where none of their rules at all give them anything based on how big of a unit they are. It's just over time they get better and better instead. And so then it, it would be a departure from LON's rules conceptually as well in that way. So that's my that's my bold, not even prediction, but just like this would be cool and it seems to fit. That sounds awesome. Uh, uh, clearly Games Workshop already has the rules written down, but like it's time for them to revise them and put that in there. <laughs> like, if they haven't already. I mean, it's a really cool mechanic. The other thing I was thinking is, like, you don't have a summon board per se, but models actually say King Me. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, you, you... Like, what about this? So, now we're going into crazy land, yeah. but you know those 25 mil skeletons of shields? The, your basic uh, troops? Yeah. 
well, if we're looking at Immortalis Guard, you can't just buy those. You can't put them in your army. Mm-hmm. That's what your battle line looks like when they level up enough and then you use those models instead. Like, you yeah. place them down. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be... <laughs> see, that would be really awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like you sort just... of like everybody's a little Marathi, right? That eventually, like, they level up enough and then you place the Immortalis down. And it's like, no longer are they 25 mil dudes they're like 50 millimeter, you know? gigantic now they have four arms now they have the big shield you can't even buy them and put them you can't even put them in your army mm-hmm. they're like your they're like your they're not even a summoning board you just bring them along mm-hmm. and it's like your 10 man unit of 25 mil skeletons you know by the time a few of them are killed and you've constructed enough and you have enough you know, resource you know, in the game two of the of the giant harvester guys come turn 3 you're like okay this five man unit of battle line like you remove them and then you put five of the Immortalis Guard, like, the gigantic guys down, and, like, that's what those actually are. Yeah. That's the only way you can do it. That would be so fucking cool. <laughs> like, like, it'd be a... I mean, it's impractical because if they're, like, surrounded by bases, but then it could be... That could be counterplay. Like, you can only level them up if they have the space to, right? So, like, if they're locked in combat and you surround them with, with a unit, then, cool, you have counterplay mechanic. Um, but, like, it'd be pretty cool if yeah, you did. And it, it solves the main problem with my idea... Which is, well, if the guys are getting extra arms and all this other cool stuff duct taped onto them, your models still look the same. So, obviously not, right? That's a problem. Well, yeah. after a certain point, you switch them out with this thing, and now there's visual going along with the right with the rule. Yeah. Yeah, so that's like super just spitballing, making crap up, but wouldn't it be cool if... Um, so... I guess back to the, the the main point, though, is, you know, I think we have a, a really good proof of concept, really good proof of premise. Like, I think that uh, Games Workshop's design team, I want to, like, actually, like, personally thank uh, each of the designers on this army, because I think they just, they nailed, like, everything 12-year-old Andrew, you know, reading, at the height of reading fantasy and dreaming big, would have thought of. And like made it just really, really cool, um, in in a in the in the just all the right ways for me. Um, so I want to thank them. But like obviously, then you have people on the on the two side of the spectrum. You know, I'm certainly the nine. Well, I'm probably the the eleven, honestly. Um, but <laughs> like I wish I could go off the scale. This is an eleven. Well, I think a lot of the twos really just wanted what they always said they wanted, which was just tombs, just tomb kings. Yeah, like, that's what they wanted. I don't blame them. Right. Right. But that's what they wanted, and this isn't... It, and this like, isn't that. Is, it's just not Tomb Kings. That's almost certain. In fact, it's 100%. Like, that's where they started. They're like, we're going to reimagine Tomb Kings, is probably the first thing they said when they started even conceptualizing this army. Right. Right. And, and a lot of that... But when you reimagine something, it ends up really different by the end. Yeah, if this was, like, like, they might have actually started with the, like, th- we're, okay, we're going to make Tomb Kings for AOS, but we got to make it, like, legally distinct from from Egyptian generic stuff so that we can actually copyright it and not get screwed like we did at the end of uh, end, end of Fantasy Battle because people weren't even buying our models anymore and there was no way to, like, encourage or enforce it, really, apart from, like, community policing, which only goes so far. Um, and, like, so, like, they, okay, like, problem. We want to make the new Tomb Kings. And, like... And that might have been how they started. 
But then it just, they added another thing and they reimagined it. And then they got to like that point where like, okay, we have a finished thing. Well, now we need to revise it. And like, I've told stories. It happens in writing all the time where I'll lose entire characters. One character, be like three characters become one character because I don't need three to do what I'm trying to do with the story. Like, it happens constantly. I've, I've shown the camera, uh, like, over here on the side, I have a bunch of uh, note cards taped up in the shape of a mountain, which is the plot arc for the book I'm working on. Like, so, not all of this will make it into the final finished product. Um, the rough structure will. The idea I had. But with something like this, where you have multiple people working on it, you probably have, like, a, essentially what is in film, like, you have a continuity edit. They probably have a continuity type edit thing where someone goes through is like, okay, do all the models fit the theme? And that might be where like they had they had a a um you know what's the coolest model Tomb Kings have? For me, it's Necro Sphinx. And they're like this this current uh a bone brain man here might have actually started out looking very similar to like a Necro Sphinx in the initial like concept drawings, but then they had to go like further and further. Like he's got the like the hands that are like the blades coming off here. Just like how the uh, the Necrosynx has the blades coming off the forearms. You know, they might have had to go far and further. Snakes are the coolest. <laughs> yeah, I think it started out, they're like, well, this is the Construct Army. And as soon as it was the Construct Army where they were building stuff out of bones, Necrosynx was just straight off the table. Same with the, same with the snakes. Yeah. Like before one drawing even happened, they're like, you know, this is the... This is the army that Nagash is, bada, 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 you know, and mm -hmm. talking about that. And the super Egyptian stuff and the, the models that were already there, that was already gone. Mm -hmm. Even at that point, like before anyone do anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, one, of, one, of the, one of the commenters in my, in my chat on the previous video um, actually brought up a, like something I would love to see GW do. I think it solves all the problems to many people's satisfaction. Release, you know how like Blood Angels and I think even like... Uh, yeah, Blood Angels just have a bits box, and I think a lot of the, the various Space Marines do, where you just get, like, a bit box, and it comes with, like, shoulder pads and a bunch of, like, iconography to take the the basic army, and then just, like, you swap, you just, you glue all these bits on instead, and, like, now you have, it's not Ultramarines anymore, it's Blood Angels, and so on and so forth. Like, you could do something like that with this army, where you sell separately bits that when you kind of total them all up you start to get more of the the tomb king's aesthetic which would be pretty cool and then it's just like now only the people who spiritually feel like they're tomb king's players are mad and uh you know what uh i'm a nagash player so double guns <laughs> nagash one i'm sorry it sucks for you but <laughs> there we go there's there's all the like the hate i've been holding back to uh since you called Nagash a uh, incel there, Tristan. Um, <laughs> uh, it's, uh, but no, like, but a lot of it comes with, like, the subjective. And this is something I preach about in all of art, in all of writing, and all of things. Like, you can have a robot make something more perfect. We're getting to the point, especially with, like, music, where, like, what you can do, synthetically speaking, uh, co like, compositionally, especially since, like, music is math, you can really just have a robot write a song and and what ends up happening is it begins to lose its identity um video games are doing it right now where like ubisoft is sort of infamous for this they have teams of a thousand people 
and they outsource to a team of a thousand people to design a game. So you have a game that is technically well designed in terms of like the dungeon is programmed correctly. All of these things are done well. Yeah, each work that the artist did is good under mm -hmm. the con under the constraints of what they were told to do. Yes. Like they all produced competent things. Yeah. And then you put it all together and it's the blandest. It's so bland. Thing ever. It's so bland because you lose a sense of the identity of what it was even supposed to be to begin with. And more importantly, I think it's the uh you lose the feel that there's a a artist behind it. Yeah, it's a and it's a procedurally generated world instead of one built by a person. And so there's no interesting nooks and crannies. Mm -hmm. There's no art, you know, there's no hand, human hand behind the artistry of it. The story is as generic as possible because it has to hit all the beats and then here's mm -hmm. the betrayal and all this. It's like everything is kind of watered down to be just sort of really almost not really inhuman, but kind of is. Mm -hmm. That's why you need a strong iron fist. <laughs> in control of everything. A, di a great director, uh, right? Yeah. Like that. Well, but, you know, the, the the director or the person that's really in charge of everything, that gives you the chance for it. Mm -hmm. It can fail. You know, there was... What's his name? Uh, I believe his name is Some Guy. Was given just about full control over The Last Jedi. And uh, that's George, like George what Lucas. I... That's what I keep. He needed someone saying. to tell him no. What? Uh, George Lucas, you mean? No, no, no. The Last Jedi is an episode oh, whatever, nine no. or something. Uh, I don't, they I... gave him complete control over everything. He got to write. He got to write the script. They didn't say this had to do. This had to be here. This had to be there. And he was the director as well as the writer. And it sucks. So this isn't like. As soon as you have a director in charge of everything, now it's going to be great. It just gives you the chance at it. Right. Soul versus Solus, yeah, yeah. Um, that that's certainly a little bit what we're what we're touching on here. Um, I think with with art especially and entertainment especially that humans want to feel a human being responsible for the thing. Yeah, Banjo Kazooie. Yeah, and it's uh, yeah, Ryan Johnson. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So like um. Yeah, uh, sorry. Uh, welcome to the stream there, Dahabis. Uh, or is that Dahabbles? That's Dahabbles. <laughs> Dwarf player. <laughs> Potentially a gnome uh, in D&D. &D. Uh, what did Ryan Johnson do? Oh, he did Looper. That thing was... It was okay. Looper was fine. It wasn't bad. It was... It was, it was neat. Like, it was neat. You know? And then he did Star Wars. That's basically it. The, like, I guess he did Brick. The... Uh, the story was in Looper was so contrived that it was difficult to get behind it, right? Yeah, but the characters even tell you that. Like, the they had that funny little, um, not to tension too much, but they had the funny little scene where he's talking to his older self in the diner, and he's, like, pointing out loopholes in the script, and the guy's just like, don't worry about it. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be diehard for the next 15 minutes. Is that okay? And the audience is like, yes, that is okay. Please do that. <laughs> Please and do then that. he did. It was great. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but no, uh, like, what it is is, like, why I'm so into indie video games. Um, why I think D&D &D resonates so strongly, even if your GM just tells the same modules as another GM. Because each time you play that game, you're going to 
you're gonna quite frankly you're gonna fuck it up the imperfect aspects dice in D&D give you an opportunity to be imperfect as you play um like it's it's going to be more resonant when when you notice the imperfections like you 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 pick up this object and you go over it in your hands and if it's a perfect sphere you put it down and it's uninteresting um unless you're weird and you just love spheres but if you prick your finger on it because it's not a perfect sphere it's got these edges it's got these these cavities and, and crevices um you're you're going to remember that um you know, for this, there's plenty for me, for this, for the Bone Daddy's army here, there's plenty for me, personally, to prick my finger on, because I love it. And for other people, like, it just doesn't jive with them, it doesn't connect with them, because it's not in their, their weird, it's not their type of weird, it's my type of weird, <laughs> you know? Um, and whatever artist made this is my type of weird, you know, it's, it's, Stephen King is technically a very strong writer, he's... He he's longer winded than even he should be, and he knows it. Like in his even, on and, writing, and he'll say as much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Imperfection. Like he, he knows he he knows he tends to create a few too many strands and tends to have weak endings. But he's like the first person that'll that'll tell you. Yeah, because once you start to create art, it kind of takes on a life of its own, which is yeah, another aspect of it. I would say that. You know, there's beauty and symmetry, but there's interest in imperfections. Right, right. So you just have to decide which one you're going to go for. Right, and even with like photo photography, because you know, talking to Tristan, I learned a little detail about about him on my on my previous cast is that yeah, he he actually was in, in photography, um, and you know, you're taught in photography that you actually, unless it's exactly the thing, you should never have a perfectly symmetrical shot. Because it's, it becomes right. uninteresting. Your eyes instantly, you know, we're, for in, like, uh, with magazine covers and stuff, there's actually a study done where, like, they were photoshopping too much. And so, like, everything is just forgetful and immemorable. You can't remember the cover of a book that's too symmetrical. Yeah. I mean, without touching on it in too great of detail, um, you can look up the rule of thirds, and that talks a little bit about it. Mm -hmm. Although that's not, that's not the whole picture. But yeah, you, you shouldn't have really symmetrical shots. And the ones that you do feel strange. You get the uncanny valley from it, which is why when you know that rule and break it on purpose, which Stanley Kubrick was famous for doing in his mm -hmm. movies, mm -hmm. you can create some really unsettling imagery from things that just kind of aren't supposed to be mm -hmm. based on your composition. And he's pretty famous for making uh, very like symmetrical strange shots um in, in fact now when you have when you have shots that are very symmetrical or everything's focused on one thing in the middle and then it's just duplicated elsewhere mm -hmm. they call it like a, a kubrick a kubrickian shot or something right right um but basically like i think that like um age of sigmar has even more than than like warhammer fantasy figured out this this sort of rule of imperfection the the twos and nines the the get come at the army from a from a separate from like just a different angle. it also makes for dynamic miniature silhouettes mm -hmm. as well when you're not symmetrical and you just have not just the not just movement you know of or implied movement of the model but also this side's different than that side and this one has a different thing than that one why does everybody think fire slayers look the same because some of them really are bilaterally symmetrical mm-hmm and it was noticed like right away 
and immediately locked onto uh, as a meme, like to make fun of that. Yeah. Yeah, two symmetry. Uh, but then in faces, we find symmetry beautiful. Mm -hmm. But if you try to reproduce that, you get the uncanny valley, so far anyway. Right. right. So it's just an interesting whole uh, can of worms, I suppose. And I'm, I'm not. I'm not here to like to prove scientifically that this is this is uh like that I'm correct but it's just you know, something even, as even then there are there are rules and exceptions or not even rules just ways people tend to relate to certain things in art mm -hmm. and then even then you can break those as long as you break them on purpose like Kubrick for instance right and it can still work happens in writing all the time for instance I begin sentences with and with uh with conjunctions I, I will begin an entire sentence with a conjunction because why am I breaking the rule? Oftentimes it's for flow. Um, well, if you're going to say, if you're going to speak it out loud, mm -hmm. it's almost like a note to yourself to beat before the mm -hmm. or after it. Yeah. And it's, you're setting up beats essentially in your, in your uh, paragraph or. Um, yeah. You can really tell when you're reading something, whether they're the kind of writer who intends who either intends for you to or reads it out loud themselves when they're writing it. My, my poetry, for instance... Because it flows a lot better. Yeah, my, no, no, my poetry, for instance, is all playing with literary rules. Um, it's a lot of... I mean, it's basically... Uh, every poem I ever write is just metaphor and then playing with punctuation and, and, uh, and, and, and uh, rules of writing. Like, even apostrophes and stuff like that, where uh, I'll do a double entendre by removing the apostrophe on its... Not as a typo, but to like imply the ownership, and when not it is. And some people might think it's a typo, but then you go back and you read it a second time, and you can be like, "Oh crap, he really meant," like, you know. Well, yeah, saying it is, even though it you probably just should be it's, that's implying a heavier accentuation on the is part of it. Because mm -hmm. if you're reading it's. It's, it flows. It's such a throwaway. If yeah. you read it is, you're kind of adding. You're kind of stewing on that is a little bit. It's more important. It's it's you're supposed to consider something when you're saying that. Right. And then if you remove the apostrophe so you could say now, that, yeah. Oh, you can continue your point. No, now. go ahead. No, if you, so now if you remove the pro, apostrophe, like its life, for instance, like if I have a single single line in a poem that's broken up and I and I'm calling attention to its life and I take out the apostrophe, I'm now implying, you know, whatever the previous thing was, or usually I'm writing from a disembodied concept of what's going on. Like I'm implying it's, and then the subject of the poem, like it's life, that things. And so like you play with things like that um, because you know the rules and their sculpt, the, like, I think their sculpt, their sculpture team, I mean, Keeper of Secrets, great looking model. Dude, all their new sculpts are amazing. Just like Gloom's they by even Gits. made they even made Gits look cool. Oh my god, the impossible! By injecting them with a giant turkey baster of of flavored juice, and just made everything so character. Like consider a race that we're into opinion land, Grots and whatever they used to be called, goblins or something. Mm -hmm. To me, aesthetically, they're little snot creatures in robes. I mm -hmm. couldn't care less yeah. about them. Also, in the well, lore, they get eaten or whatever, right? Like, and the sculpture team is... is like, hold my beer. And then, like, now they're fucking amazing. Yeah. 
yeah, some of the best sculpts in in Age of Sigmar right now, and this is coming yeah. from the perennial death player. And like, I have to play an army that looks like it could be on a heavy metal album cover. It's just what I have to do. Yeah, dude, Gobblepalooza and the Trog <sighs> bosses are so fucking awesome. Mangler squigs, They're so fanciful. Like, like the freaking fanatics, which I love. Like, oh, and the boingy boys with their little proud helmets. And fucking, oh yeah, yeah. It's just like it's the so ones great. like losing control of the boingy boy, <laughs> and like it's so yeah. like the movement there. Like it's what great looking models, and it's just because I think they've just they've gotten they've gotten better. They got more space to play play with now because they're on the circle bases instead of like lock steps. Yeah, that changes everything, and someone should do a show about that. Because that's a great uh, that's a great point. Yeah, someone should specifically <laughs> talking about going well going to circle bases aesthetically changes everything, and we're now seeing the fruits of that in the models. Yes, you don't have to have everything regimented up shoulder to shoulder like their D and D party trying to fit three by three through a tunnel. Mm-hmm. Look at the ogre bull model in Gutbusters. That guy looks like he's in a straight jacket who's falling forward onto his face. Why? Because they were on square bases that were too small for him. And they had to be scrunched up inside of a bullet train, you know. And then all yeah, the super... now the models themselves have room to breathe. Yes, they can go a little too far. Like with the black coach, which in total, front and back, probably leans over its base six full inches, like a pile-in distance on the front and in the back. So way too far. But, again, ALS. Yeah. I'd rather them go too far than have a bunch of ogres that look like they're dominoes that are in the process of falling over each other. Yeah, see, I, I like, I love the... You, uh, Frank here brings up uh, Bestigors. I actually love the Bestigor sculpts, but they're like... I always call them, like, uh, three-quarters of thrall. And what, what it is is that they're not allowed to, like, you know, be, like, lurching and really arcing yeah, they on the axe. They and... didn't have the freedom to be designed in such a way so they can breathe a little bit, a little room to expand. If, if they had the thrall... Square those shoulders up a little bit, yeah. If, if they had the thrall posings, they'd be just absolutely, like, 10 out of 10s. As it stands, I think they're 8 out of 10s, and then it's my thing... Or 7 out of 10s or 8 out of 10s, but then my personal... My personality makes it a 10 out of 10 for me, but I know it's, like, artificially there. If I step back down to the objective, uh, I'll go, like, yeah, they're they're lacking that, that movement that, like, the Thralls have. They're, they're lacking that, like, ability to just be in a different pose. They're certainly constrained by formerly being on square bases, you know. Um, and, I mean, Catacross, in, in specific, I think is really like pushing the limits of what even a model should be at this point you know like well, it's it's literally a <laughs> diorama like that's his base it's it's a diorama and it's, i love it i think and, it's awesome and grimgas went a little too surely far. there's yeah maybe um, well yeah they lean too far over sure but uh yeah, I really like. I like the fact that it's a diorama. I don't think they should start doing that for all of them, but what makes it is that his character is so arrogant that of course he's the one with a diorama for a base. It's perfect. It just yeah. it wraps it all up. Yeah, it's perfectly wrapped up. And by Gr- Grimgas going too far, like it's it's the the scythe is the one step way too far for me. Where like the scythes are like impractical on the table. They hook together constantly. But again, yeah, they just hook on stuff. Yeah. They they hook constantly. Like they're just a kind of a nightmare. Um, 
And I don't... I don't dislike the models. Like, I'm like, they're cool. But in, you know, three or four casts ago now, I was just like, you know what's lacking for Grimghast Reapers is Grim Reapers are sweet, but underneath the robes, there's a skeleton, you know? And Grimghast are just like, they don't have that skeleton, like, to anchor it. But that's just me. Yeah, they're, they're just ethereal. Yeah. And would they have had skeletons under them if Bone Reapers weren't already in the gestation period mm-hmm. possible but we got to keep things pretty distinct and they have that's why i don't think they're going to come out with a zombie faction because flesh eater kind of covers that it's their own spin on zombies not keyword zombie but i mean come on yeah yeah i i do think Wrathmongers suffer from the square like they have those like really they're they're borderline symmetrical poses too um yeah some models don't suffer for being but, on square but then or, but there but, are some pretty uh pretty good examples of them doing it and a lot of the circle bases uh were allowed to be this interesting because of circle bases Mm -hmm. like they didn't they didn't have to care quite so much about what kind of stuff hooks off the edge of things because you didn't have to regiment everybody up anymore Mm -hmm. and even then wrathmongers i think weren't they weren't they a quote-unquote skirmish unit back in warhammer fantasy battle i could be way wrong like how fanatics were a skirmish unit personally i didn't play fantasy so i have no Frame of reference, I don't even... If you asked me, did Wrathmongers come out before Age of Sigmar? I don't even know. Because I never played <laughs> Fantasy, so I don't, I don't have enough. any... Uh... Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Just baseless speculation but, at that know, point. Long story short, good comment. Could be an entire show. But we covered it here. So if anyone does, then we talked about it first. Got him. Got him, yeah. yeah. And I'm sad that Ogre Bulls are basic unit are not getting a new model because we saw them in promotional material Mm. and i'm sad because i think ogres entirely could do for a design model wise from circle base allowing them to be big and hanging over and all this other cool stuff instead of kind of kind of like they're all ready to get put into a a tube in futurama you know Mm. or the bank Well, well beast call raiders um did get BCR that. Is, BCR is fine, but I'm talking like uh, Gutbuster Ogre, you know, Bulls, the basic battle line, guys I'm, like that. Even um, even Iron Guts to a certain degree. Also can't co-sign them suffering the square base syndrome. That's fine. Um, that's fine. On on uh, Wrathmongers or Ogres now, because there's a chat delay. Because Wrathmongers I do think are good, good sculpts. I just don't think they go all the way enough. I guess if it would be my criticism. <laughs> they have those wiggly hammers. I don't know when they were being designed. Did they know what was going to happen? I don't know. Like it, they're they're like they move like uh like in, chains that just don't seem correct to me. <laughs> like because they're like wiggly and stuff. I'm like that's not what a chain does with a. Yeah, they should on the be like whipping. You know, where <laughs> like, the yeah, that's <laughs> they have. They have kind of the Trogdor, the Burninator kind of chain. Yeah. When really you would be yeah. spinning it, you know? But anyway. They don't catch as much as you think? It's a lashing action? Okay. Oh, like the, it's coiling up? Except, so he's like coiling the two, the one model's just like coiling the two off to the sides. And it's oh, like, like, like he's, he's so like, strong Wee! that he, he cracks <laughs> it like a like, whip. Like that's how strong they are because of corn power that there's a fucking yeah, yeah. hammer <laughs> Like just, just the wrist. Like that's all he needs because of corn juice yeah <laughs> he's just like Bleh. sure i'll buy it i'll buy that <laughs> that's fine no I, I i don't mind the wrathmonger sculpts someone else has brought them up i had to give 
<laughs> like cracked like a whip and it's just got like an anvil on the ends. He's just like, watch. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm for it. <laughs> like I'm for Minor it. Minor killers. Yeah, I bet so. I guess yeah. so. Yeah, like yeah. they're just like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, 100%. I buy that. No, that's no, I'm a, for this. A, yep. <laughs> I mean, why do you think people worship corn in the first place? Like, they want to become strong. Like, this is fucking strong. Yeah, this is how strong you are. <laughs> sure. This is how strong you get. Uh, that's fine. I mean, it's, it's a pyramid scheme <laughs> of blood, but... Chains constantly breaking, I can imagine. Yo, I got that on my chain traps for Beast Claw Raiders as well, I must say. Because the, you have chain traps on Beast Rider versions... Um, even though like the stats for that thing suck, so nobody ever uses them, but they look cool. It's it's that bear trap on a chain that they just whip at you, and the bear trap's like the size of your entire torso, and it hooks you and they pull you in. Um, those things snap so easily. I've glued those back on to the custom butcher I made with who was dual wielding those mm -hmm. probably three times, and one of them I just left it off. I'm like. You fuck it. <laughs> this thing, every time I travel with it, every event it breaks, and then I glue it back on. Well, you and just it breaks on the way home, and I just put it next to it on the shelf. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> the, the you got to just start. Uh, you just got to start like Mark Ram checking it. All chain on any of his models is real chain. Yeah, it's more super glue than plastic. It's like Darth Vader. <laughs> the trick to it is never breaking it the first time because then it's good. Then you're good. It's just going to wobble around a little bit. But if you break it once, that's it. You've started, you know, things have been put into motion that cannot be undone. I'm right? still losing my it's mind. It's just eventually it. going to be just glue all the way down the chain. It's just a chain of glue. I'm still losing my mind over the Vader quote. It's <laughs> more glue than... Yeah. yeah, chain reaction. <laughs> it starts a chain reaction. Yeah, um... No, as far uh, just real quick with the Grimgas uh, Reapers, I, I they get a little hooky. Um, the bigger base helps them though. If those were on twenty fives, they'd be the biggest nightmare on the planet. Um, but like they're not like they're not the worst. I think uh, regular skeletons with spears are actually worse because the way they lean off their base, they're just constant. dryads are also famously dryads bad. too. Yeah, dryads are leaning forward just as much as skeletons are, which is way too much. Everybody's Michael Jackson. They're just they're leaning yeah. at like a fucking 50 degree angle mm -hmm. but then dryads have giant hook claws that can hook in everything mm -hmm. and each other and a bunch of stuff on their backs and then you're supposed to put them in a goddamn wildwood yeah so dryads are just you know i i hesitate to say the most but we're live so top five most annoying model to move around the table and then they gave it rules to fucking teleports you're moving them all the time yeah Skeletons, the, their um, their lack of weight also works against them. So that's another one. That's yeah, because they'll topple. They have just... head top. They're you know they're playing Xenoblade. They have topple ability. Topple ability. Hard on. Um, so like that's where like imperfection is like a functional imperfection. That's not the kind of imperfection I'm talking about when I talk about art and and models. Um, I'm talking about like artistic imperfection. So keep that in mind. If you know the one of the first rules of doing anything is does this work right like. Does this solve the problem? Does it solve the problem I'm trying to solve? Does it create a new problem? Is it the best way to solve the problem I'm trying to solve? Right? Those are that's like the the how you go down the list of like when you're designing uh, something practical, right? 
man, gnarly. I get it. Mm-hmm. I got yeah. it. <laughs> Puns are always welcome. Yeah. As, uh, yeah. yeah. As oh. Alfred Hitchcock once said, puns are the highest form of literature. Of literature. Uh, so we're approaching... Uh, pretty... Oh, happy accidents are a real thing? Of course. Yeah, you can Bob Ross the shit out of it. That's that's the great part about it. Um, and if your happy accident isn't so happy because it ends up looking bad, it's paint. So you get to paint over it. It's perfect. Right. Yeah, happy accident's really a thing. It's a big it's a big Vince push. Is like dare to try. I can't remember. Be daring or dare to try. It, it, um, he's got a phrase for he, it. He it's talks about being fearless. Yeah. He talks about the first time I was on his show, I think I, he's like, oh, what are you working on for hobby? And I wasn't prepared for the question. Mm-hmm. This is the first time I was ever on his show. And I'm like, uh, well, I just uh, chopped off half of Nagash's head and took a Dremel to it. And he's like, brother, <laughs> I like it. Be daring. Yeah. And I'm like, well, if, if I fuck up, then I get to learn how to use green stuff. It's just, uh, you know, every time you screw up, it allows you to be able to learn something else. Right. Paint, paint like nobody's watching. That's a good one. Paint bravely. Or paint which bravely. Uh, paint bravely. That's it. Paint bravely. My favorite. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah, and like and and that goes into like the artistic imperfections. Those things like that make it makes it your model. You know, it makes it yours. It makes it, and that extends into you know the layers of things when you're assembling the model. Like provided it doesn't compromise functionality, you know, and even then some of that might be all right. But like as long as it fits the function, then the form can be you know, whatever, if it, provided it doesn't get in the way, you can, you can go with the weird color schemes, you can do that stuff, it makes it yours, it makes it personal, it won't be for everybody, because subjective versus objective, right, but, you know, if you're technically and objectively good, like, you observe great color, like, you know, you have a good eye for color, and you're, you're doing all the techniques you should, but then you just choose, like, wacky colors, now your army's gonna fucking look great, because you've, like you've taken that the rule and you've broken it for a specific reason but then you've observed all the other rules of it so you know that's that's just fun um so is there anything about ogres you wanted to say before we yeah blue corn oh dude blue corn looked fantastic i saw a couple shots of blue corn um yeah blue recently. corn looked, cool. looked really good um that was always my you know first principles right my first problem with corn was that most of the color schemes are red, but it's corn, so you gotta splatter blood on everything. Yeah. And how are you gonna layer red blood on top of red guys? Doesn't work. White and green, I could see. Could work, but yeah, so you gotta go different colors on that corn to to spray a proper amount of blood on them, and and blue works fine. In fact, blue works very well because everybody knows the orange and blue dynamic. If you've ever looked at a Blu-ray cover for any movie ever. Blue and orange, because they've discovered that that's just a pleasing contrast for the human eye. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to drop in. Uh, Who knew? I'm I'm on the show, and then I'm talking movies all the time. Fuck. Uh, yeah. No, there's there's nothing wrong with it. Like, um, especially with the rant cast format, because it's kind of bringing in your RL. There's only one wrong color scheme, and it's the one on the box. I wouldn't. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> no. I'll say no. It's not wrong. It's just usually their color schemes are chosen to accentuate the sculpt 
and not necessarily to make the best looking thing. So they've chosen their color schemes based on that. And mm -hmm. you're probably not going to, and there are much better ones available. Some of the default color schemes are actually quite nice, but admittedly, most of them, at least when you're clicking through the website, are definitely not. How do you explain? Then how do I explain Ultramarines? It's a pun, and they made it up in 1980. <laughs> <laughs> and they've been a slave to tradition ever since. That's how I would explain. Yeah. The color of the guys is the color Ultramarine. And so the whole thing is based on a massive pun that they didn't think would get carried this far. But now... They're chained to tradition. Yeah, it's kind of like Final Fantasy. Like also, supposed don't to be the everyone Final hate Ultramarines? I'm not like a big 40k guy, but I thought everybody didn't like Ultramarines because they're boring or something. I'm not sure. I can't really speak to 40k. I don't know very much about it. I know about the lore and about the memes, but I don't I don't play it. Cobalt Marines? Yo, Cobalt Marines kind of sound cool. Hmm. It's not. It doesn't sound bad. Cyan Marines? Eh? Eh? <laughs> an N next to an M in the middle? Nah. Nah? All right. <laughs> well, but uh, you know, I'd like to buy a vowel between those two if I could, just so it flows better. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> Thalo Marines. Yeah, Thalo Marines. Fatal, Fatal that, Blue. Thalo yeah. Blue. Yeah, I get the Thalo Blue. <laughs> burnt, some burnt umber as well. You're gonna put some magic white on the back of there. Just gesso it. Beat the devil at the beat the devil at the bridge. I'm sorry, white. White. Got to beat the devil out of it. That's that was like my favorite uh, Bob Rossism. <laughs> beat the devil out of it. <laughs> Just like this brush. <laughs> I don't know why I get a kick out of that. Um, is there anything you wanted to talk about with ogres while I have you here? Anything with BCR? Anything like that? I will always talk about ogres. Uh, Everything's uh, just an excuse to talk about ogres. Sure. Um, so I did some in quotes, prediction slash this could be cool, rules-wise for Bone Reapers. Let's do the same thing for Maw Tribes. All right, let's go. Specifically right, let's the go. Gut Buster half and not the Beast Claw half. Okay. Because um, I'm afraid to think about what Beast Claw, <laughs> what direction they could go with BC. Okay. Because I want to be fresh with it. All right. Uh, All right. The only thing I hope about BCR is that the best way to play them is the way everybody really wants to play them. But the big... Just like, the, the no, big. You, want, you want five Stonehorns. Okay, there's two types of Beast Claw players. There's Stonehorn Beast Claw players and Thundertusk Beast Claw Yeah, players. there's a right and a wrong and it's fine. with everything, with many things. And it's fine. Well, like, Thundertusk looks sweet. I can't say they're wrong. Your Thunder like, Tusk, in particular, is one of my favorite. <laughs> like, oh, the cannon of the Sky the cannon, Titan is chained oh. up on a swivel? Yeah. I'm sure everyone somebody hears. Asked me, actually, somebody asked me on my... I think it was like a comment on YouTube or something. They're like, how come you put the cannons on there? And they wanted the story behind it. And the fact that they asked for the story behind it makes me a little suspicious because... <laughs> Surely they know there's a story behind it if they're asking for a story behind this thing, right? Like, right, and having right. seen it in real life. Anyway, it's, I didn't write that comment on someone on somebody else's account, I swear. But, mm -hmm. but yeah, long ago, I was playing Beast Claw when they were bad, uh, which is like now, 
except they were much worse before second edition. They were much worse, way worse because they didn't have Ethereal. So actually there was nothing good in the entire army. Just everything was shit. And so whenever I played against anyone, nobody knew what anything did because nobody plays Beast Bot. And so I had a Thunder Tusk there and a Stonehorn next to him. And the person had never seen them before. They'd never played against them. They're like, okay, which one shoots again? And that was a question asked of me, sometimes multiple times per game after I already told them. Mm-hmm. Probably four or five games locally. And so I'm like, which one shoots, huh? And then you hear like drill bit noises and paint flying everywhere and scraping and everything. Like, I'll, I'll show. <laughs> no oh one God. will ever ask which one shoots again. <laughs> I mean, are you going to look at these two monsters and ask which one shoots? You are not. Yeah, so I uh, <laughs> pulled up. These are these are Haywos. <laughs> this was uh, this was Midwest Meltdown, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I see my skeletons are in the rack, so this had to be Midwest Meltdown. Or oh yeah, that was the doubles tournament. You're looking at 1,250 points. Like this is an army. <laughs> you might it might not it might just look like the command portion of the army. No, this is the army. <laughs> I mean, it's doubles, but still. So yes, that's seven. That's seven models there. We're, we're my army. So here, here we have the the cannon. What what's this be? Beat you've you've used here? That's the cannon of the Sky Titans from the uh, Gutbuster kit. It it could be a Grot Scrap Launcher or it could be an Iron Blaster. Okay. It's a dual kit. All right. And I took the cannon out of it and put it, chained it to his arm and the maw pole so he can swivel <laughs> to shoot it. Because like you got to think about. You got to think about how it's going to work, right? Right. And so he swivels it around in his arm <laughs> and aims it at what he wants to get. Uh, and I mean, that thing, that's six mortal wounds. Who's going to, like, people complain, like, six mortal wounds. That's, a, I mean, okay, back in the day they did. Now six mortal wounds is fucking nothing. But right. back then, like, six mortal wounds, it looks like it does six mortal wounds. You're not going to hear an argument, right? Like, it shoots like a torpedo. Yeah, and so <laughs> like here... from a from a submarine at somebody. <laughs> well, so like, and here we have um, like the imperfection thing. Like, this is not you know the model there. Like, it's supposed to be the tusks, right? That shoot the the snowball. Actually, it come from the art in the book. It comes out of the creature's mouth. Is it the mouth? And the tusks are there to like gather the energy and mm. loop it back around in like a star destroyer kind of thing and shoot it out. That's and it's I winter like. magic or whatever. Yeah, winter magic. I like and, that you uh, you have the uh, the the charred metal here on the Yeah, uh, I gave it gun barrel warping color. Mm-hmm. So it, they're normally bronze tusks cuz bronze conducts electricity and I'm I was kind of going for a little bit of an electrical frost storm. <laughs> and so it starts out as that and then it dips into purple and blue and eventually charred like matte black because it's been shooting these frost wreath ice you know over and over until the tusks start to warp and discolor and um you know hobby is fun because you get to come up with reasons for things looking like they do or consider like well how is he going to aim that thing well chain it to the maw pole and he can swivel it like a turret you know <laughs> this or is a real how, how come the hunter is on a quote 50 millimeter base <laughs> but he's standing on this massive pile of rocks and snow with a face on it well, it's because in Beast Claw culture, imagine imagine being a Beast Claw raider. They're like, um, 
who were the the king of the guys from um, uh, Game of Thrones? You know, the horse rider men. What are the, what are they called? Dothraki. Yeah, Dothraki. So Dothraki. When you fall off your horse, you're dead. You're no longer a man, right? Like, right. it's so important to be mounted and high up. And the hunter is actually the general because of how the rules happen to be written. Because mm-hmm. uh, he has to be the general. And so I'm like, well, he's the general. He cannot suffer being, like, physically lower than other people in the army. So I'm putting him on this massive right. So he's at least, you know, at eye level with the other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is this is fantastic. Um, <laughs> I just love it. And you had to just go bravely with your snow as well. I went a little too bravely. <laughs> a little with my too snow. bravely with the snow. Um, <laughs> it's hard to stop. <laughs> so I know how snow tends to lay on objects because I live in Wisconsin. However, this is my first army I ever finished painting models for. Like ever completed a model. And it, like, the color choices are very good, because I'm good with color. And I'm kind of naturally artistic, even though it's a different style of painting. But now, three years later, if you really zoom in, like, I wish I could go back and fix some of this stuff. (laughs) But I put a whole shitload of snow on it, so I actually can't, and I played myself. So there is that. Um, But still be daring. Because new ogres come out, I have behind me, um, if I was on camera, which I'm not, you couldn't see because the lights are off, but I could turn them on, a shelf with so many bits. I got two boxes of lead belchers and two boxes of iron guts and the old gut buster uh, decapitator man with the pole chain... Uh, hook, you know, decapitation hook. Mm-hmm. And um, my Mornfang are going to be Iron Guts riding Mornfang, so even bigger with even more armor and stuff. And whatever leaders and stuff happen to come out that are going to be on the big beasts, I'm putting, like, Decapitator Man on there, and there's going to be that Ogre Ninja, and he's in a certain pose with, like, one of his feet kind of crooked. He's going to be, like, hanging off of it with one arm on it and another one kind of crooked down sort of like a like a mad max hanging off of the side oh yeah like crazy vehicles and so it's going to be nuts um and so yeah i kind of screwed myself with the snow but like new stuff comes out and it's good you're going to want to hobby the shit out of it anyway and so yeah these this is cool and it's it's good for where i was at back then Mm -hmm. but new beast claw raiders when the book comes out it's going to double down on the concept of Beast Call Raiders are Mad Max, except they're driving stone horns instead of motorcycles and monster trucks. Right. Just like, we're talking like four or five ogres just hanging off, swinging shit around, you know, hooting and hollering, just all the, all the nonsense. It's going to be great. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Hopefully, the best way to play them is in a shitload of cats and yetis, because it's currently true. But going way back to your, the, my original point, yeah, mad lads, right? Um, I hope the way to the best way to play Beast Claw is the way every Beast Claw raider in the whole world wanted to play them and bought them so that they could play them, which is 
as many behemoths as humanly possible and just hope the rules say that like just hope the rules happen to make that the best way to go yeah you want the, that's what that's what everybody fucking wants i mean uh you I want take the, the, the litmus test yeah the finger on the pulse of the beast claw raiders community yes we would like to play five stone horns and somehow just get objectives right yeah like whether it be large and in charge or whatever yeah that's the yeah, we want the large and in charge. Your wounds, wounds remaining count for models when capturing. You know, no um, limit on behemoths. I could, hey, I'll keep a limit on behemoths if stonehorns are just 400 points each. I don't care as long as they're good, right? Like, right. I'll pay 400 points for a stonehorn. I'll pay 500. If they're Gotrick, except 12-inch run and charge, or if they're like, you know, <laughs> fucking... <laughs> What's his name? Uh, you know, like Velazida. Yeah. For four sixty. Yeah. Like he's worth four sixty. Dude's amazing. Four forty, but yeah. I don't or four forty. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't need five. I'll take four if they're fucking good, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> Slow down. <laughs> Slow down. Yeah. Yeah. I. I. I'm. I. Uh. I've got skin in the game on this because I want my friends to have the things they like in this game because I like playing with my friends and uh, it tends to extend to people that I know beyond a cursory hey what I consider a friend like for instance Tristan five got tricks except 12 inch run a charge <laughs> make it so that's your army ah, four of them no I don't, don't want to like, be the, like I don't want to be the next Slanesh because I don't want to be that guy who's like please don't nerf it's not as good as you think like I don't you don't want to be that. My my real hope for where we land metagame wise is like fat metal. Like yeah, this army is legit. You have Porn. the tools to succeed, and your stuff's just good. But the entire community isn't in an upwelling of complaints about how obviously OP everything is. Right. Yeah. Because also as a list builder type, which comes from Magic, it's way more fun to take a tier two thing. And then find some secret spice and yes. tune it up with some, you know, low-key heat and do well. Absolutely. Then look at Slanesh and be like, wow, there really is just like one build and it's the best, huh? You know, it's boring. The, that skips the fun part. Yeah, and the, the fun between, part is yeah. coming up with the list. Yeah, and the difference between like one a of the, fun parts. the difference between like a three and two player and a, and a four and one player with it is like indistinguishable with Slanesh. Uh, five five and O players are are a different breed, but like you know, like it's it's so hard with that army to tell the difference between once you've got to the skill like the skill floor with it, you know, like you've climbed the stairs up and now you're at the mm -hmm. skill floor. It's you know beyond approaching the skill ceiling, it's kind of indistinguishable. Like I want to know that yeah. I piloted my army well and did well, not that like my list just dragged me through a tournament. You know, um, Raylan says, "How about your stuff is OP." But nobody else wants to play it or build it. And nobody knows it's good because of how difficult the strategy of running in and killing everything is. So like <laughs> Gloom's where Gloom Spite's actually really good. It's just nobody wants to buy 120 fucking stabs. <laughs> right. So nobody does. Like Right. Yeah, that's that's a fine place to be. I but think, I think that being said, is this the most Timmy army ever? Yeah. Imagine five behemoths of the army, but it's actually good. Oh, I see what you're saying. There's no way it's not gonna be popular. Yeah. I mean, every time you go like go to Facebook one time, and there's somebody, hey, I'm thinking about getting into the game, what's an elite army I can play? You can copy-paste that question and read it every day. Like, 
because it would be kind of an inexpensive way to enter the game, and people like elite models. So, like, there's no way it's not going to be popular if it's good. Right. But who knows? Maybe we have enough, we have enough like, crazy shit out there that, you know... Well, and then you're getting into the Three Stooges effect. That if it's even not quite the best, if it's, like, two steps down from the best, it'll plateau out in the sea of, uh, you know, people just being excited about all sorts of stuff that's two steps away from the best. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, Doctor's still great, but a bunch of people don't play it because it's expensive. It's expensive, and some yeah, people don't want to play it. It's $60 for ten witch elves. That's why no. That's why nobody plays Daughters of Cain. Right. The few people who do are still doing very well with it, but you know, there mm -hmm. it is. Yeah. Well, there you have it. Um, but as far as as far as Ma Tribes prediction of uh, like rules and stuff, unless you had a comment. No. Um, the only thing I was going to say is, is uh, I think there's a direct correlation between Timmy armies and what's played, and then good armies and what's played, and then from there you yeah. kind of dis you kind of it kind of disperses out. Um, and for a brief, beautiful moment, uh, they overlapped, <laughs> and that was happened five terror guys. Fact happened with me and LON, you know, like, yeah. like, uh, well, no, and that wasn't a Timmy. Fact, that wasn't Timmy. No. Timmy was the five well, that was the thing, but yeah, the five terror guys version was not the best way to play that army. Not even close. But it, it was, was still so good really that good, it it so. didn't matter. Yeah. For a brief yeah, moment. the like the Timmy army accidentally became the Spike army at the same time. <laughs> they did have a Johnny army, and I'm very sad that Corn Pops was nerfed in various ways. I was I was truly sad, but then they made Slanesh, which is better than Corn Pops, and it's how you're supposed to do it. It's not an exploit, so who the fuck knows? Yeah. <laughs> for Ma tribes, this one is tricky because Ma tribes like. Well, okay, Gutbusters, like Cities of Sigmar, is an old guy faction. What's the first thing you should ever ask when you're about to create anything? Who's my audience? Yeah, who's my audience? Who can I sell this to? Well, the audience for Gutbusters and Maw Tribes is old guys who played fantasy and have a billion ogres. Beasts of Chaos, too. It's, it's the, uh, uh, what I call Yeah, well, they've, you know, they fell flat on their face on that one. Because all the old guys wanted to play with Bulgors and Gorgons, and look at that. But anyway, uh, <laughs> you know, gone over that. Um, yeah. yeah, and so you want to, rules-wise, have at least something there that's old. Hmm. So, like, as far as Allegiance abilities, you could say, choose, like, two things that currently work some way that people tend to like that play the faction. I'm thinking of... The, the wounding thing, where they uh, they heal, right? You want the regen to stick around. In some form. Well, they don't they don't heal when they do oh, damage. Oh, I thought they did. I thought they, they ate don't have people. anything. They don't have they ate anything. People. Oh, God, they don't nope. eat people? Well, they, they eat people in the stories, but they don't have rules. Oh. Gutbusters have no allegiance abilities right now. This is how... <laughs> this is how shit... <laughs> this is how ignored they are. But uh, they don't have allegiance abilities at all. Their only allegiance abilities are battle line if... That's it. Mm -hmm. But so we have a tyrant who on a six, not natural, but a six or more to wound does double damage. And uh, tyrant with Geyer Strike is a fairly common uh, combo, which means you need fives now. And you roll a big name at the beginning of the game. And on a certain one, it's possible to get um, 
plus one to wound. And you can get plus one to wound as well with a command trait. But a lot of people go Wild Fury instead just for more attacks because it's actually better. Mm-hmm. So this dude is wound like rolling four, perhaps five, and doing double damage on his three damage weapon and hitting people for six, three or four times while hitting and wounding on twos. And to me, that's like critting. Yeah, you're crit fishing. And so I want to keep that. I want to make that an allegiance ability. Okay. I want si- I want sixes to wound army wide, do double damage. So like the two damage your ogres are normally doing are four instead, and the three damage your leaders are doing are six instead. If but it's f- to wound, which makes it bad, and it's natural sixes. There you go. That's like one in twelve, right? Yeah, because most of them hit on fours. Some of them hit on threes. But it's um, it's like a jackpot. And I think I, I think I tweeted about this or something where it's like every time that happens, you get a resource. You strike you whenever you crit, it's a jackpot, <laughs> and so you get money, or so, just, you know whatever some resource or something like that. And so you keep track of that, and then these resources, these bags of gold you have from striking the jackpot <laughs> by totally critically critical hitting someone, we can bring in. The Over Tyrant, and he had some specific name in the old world, but I don't know what it is. He's the model that, technically, he's Compendium. He's the ogre that's so huge, he can't even walk, and he's carried by a bunch of <laughs> That's right, that's right, yeah. And he bribes people. Like, he starts the game with three bags of gold, and you can spend it to bribe people uh, so that, like, they're worse at hitting, or they move slower, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you can bribe your own guys to be better by using... And so I want uh, I want Gutbusters to have a casino theme where you're critting on natural sixes to wound and you keep track of them and you get money for that because the the leader is like okay boys everybody who gets the biggest hit or whatever Griasis gold tooth that's it thanks symbol and then you can spend that gold to bribe people and get buffs or debuffs for your enemies or something like that and that's kind of fun because that pulls in some old stuff and some current stuff and then there are other one or two allegiance abilities are, you know, the reimagining thing where it's like new. So you have something old, something new. It seems, it seems like since they eat people, you know, doing damage and gaining life somehow seems like a shoe in, but maybe it's a little too obvious. They gutted that kind of stuff from Skull Reapers where you have to keep track of stuff, Depravity. but not for allegiance Depravity, they did though. it for. You. Oh, go ahead. They did that for units, but not for allegiance abilities. Yeah, yeah. So and it's so army this is just wide. another. This is just another corruption point, or depravity, or blood tithe. You know, there there are things you keep track of for allegiance abilities, and that seems to be fine. But keeping track of leveling up counters per unit on a unit's war scroll, like Wrathmongers, or I mean, uh, Skull Reapers, seems to be going away. The reason it's fine for allegiance abilities versus not on, on like, individual war scrolls is because an allegiance ability is a constant, so every time the, the situation occurs, you just go, this is what I get. Yeah, and an allegiance ability is something you get. You put the chips near you, or you mm-hmm. put the die near yes. you, and it's, like, something you're getting. Yes. But you're already tracking wounds on a person on the table. Mm-hmm. So you have a little die next to them tracking wounds, and you have another die next to them tracking some other thing, and, you know... That's a little problematic just from 
playing the game. Like, oh, which one is the, you know, wounds again? And there's already, already half the time when you're playing the game, you ask people, are you counting up or down on that? Now imagine counting up or down. Okay, and then how many bags of gold does this unit have? Oh, that's three. Oh, I thought that was wounds. Oh, yeah, that's right. And just kind of creates a messy uh, situation on the table. Yeah, like that. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't play with multi wound models a whole lot. <laughs> like my skeletons are making a cameo here in this shot. <laughs> yeah, and and the only like the closest I have to multi uh, to single wound model uh, wound models is the. Uh, the frost sabers, which have two, mm. but to, in my head they don't even have two. I just take them off whenever anyone attacks them to save time, because hmm. they have a six-up save and uh, two wounds apiece, and they're in units of two. Like they're there to, they're there to chaff up something that's going to do fifty damage. Like all right, you did fifty damage. There were four wounds there on a six-up save. You did it. Yeah. All right, my turn. All right. And then you drive a dump truck into them and crash. Um, so Maw Tribes, the only model we've really seen is that that Tyrant. Yeah, and I think that's the only... Um, it's going to be a new Tyrant and a new Butcher, and that's it. So it's going to be like a Skaven I, I thing. I heavily suspect it's, that. It's going to be like a Skaven thing where Skaven got the, the Globadier, yeah. and that, or not the Globadier, the, uh, they got the Grena Grenadier, and that was like it. Um, they got the Grenader, and they got the Terrain piece, and that's it. Yeah. So we I think it's going to be it's gonna be new Tyrant, new Butcher, and then probably Terrain piece, and that's it. I think... This one actually is, I'm calling it. Like, this is my prediction. That's your prediction? Um, it's not a prediction I give uh, happily. Mm -hmm. Because I really did want basic ogres and iron guts and stuff to have sculpts with circular bases in mind and stuff. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I just don't think that's in the cards for the, the, oldest, the oldest armies that nothing was really done with. Like a lot of the things in cities and over specifically. Well, my prediction is that cities does get new kits. Like I'm predicting that. I think it will. Like they they got because the the quote unquote handful of models thing. I think they're retiring a handful of models and then they're gonna get, uh, like a less than a handful because like a handful ended up being a massive handful. Like they're gonna get like. There's no way they can't get some new named hero sculpts. Right, and I think. There aren't going to be terrain pieces. Somebody, there was a rumor or something, no terrain for cities. I think what they're going to do with cities is they're going to use it as an opportunity to world build. And good night, Tristan. Yeah, which is by. perfect, which is a great idea. And and they're also going to, because we saw the modular stuff coming through with like the Sigmar terrain, I think we're going to see some modular cities, city, city terrain, but not for the army. And I think that's a little bit more the route they're going to go. It's like you can build a, a city wall for some random city and make your table look more interesting and visual. So I think that, I think they've got a really nice design space for doing that, um, for just like modeling in general and extra things to add to your game. Uh, I don't know that we'll see a terrain piece because it kind of doesn't make sense. It you have all these different cities, what one piece is going to unite them all, right? Like that's a that's a puzzle in and of itself. Um, a real a cannon. <laughs> just a cannon. They always have just one a cannon. Like yeah. a giant one cannon. Siege the weapon. ones where the team yeah. of people works on it, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Okay, fine. What, yeah, that. Okay. I mean, it's not an uns. Actually, no, because the, you know, um, what is it? Greywater Fastness is the cannon city, and so that. So not really. But, they, yeah, I don't think I don't think there's going to be terrain for cities. Maybe not. We'll and 
I, I think I bet you Ma tribes can get it. Will end up getting one though. A giant statue of Sigmar holding up Azir like Atlas. Yeah, yeah, like he's with holding a ring up around the... it with a ring around it like Saturn, and then little winged oh, lightning Rayaloon's, boots Rayaloon like nailed Mars it. or not Mars, uh, Neptune. Rayaloon nailed it. It's just a cod piece and a feather in the cap. Like, <laughs> well, now we're doubling up because we already have that with Bone Chad. Oh yeah, you're right. You can't you can't come in. Doubling cods, I suppose that would be the the story box. Um, Bucket Battle Ninja. for Cod Pass, and it's just <laughs> the art is just like waste of both of those <laughs> on the front. Uh, it's just the waist down, and it's like the two waists. Like, and they, yeah. Um, uh, Bucket Ninja here asks a question. Any thoughts on the idea of BCR gaining a priest, or um, maybe expand that to like Ma tribes as well? Like, so we can talk about as Ma. I tribes think Ma tribes has magic, and Beast Claw has prayers. Okay. I don't think Beast Claw has wizards. Because they don't, they're they're shamans, uh, and they pray. Yeah. They don't have the priest keyword, but the way Thunder Tusk, uh, Huskard on Thunder Tusk currently works, is it works mechanically exactly like a prayer, except it doesn't call it a prayer. That's it. Like right. otherwise, it's exactly the, the same. You roll a die, you choose one of two things to happen. You know, mm -hmm. it happens on X up. Right. It's not a spell. None of them can unbind. And um, then. You know, the, yeah, I feel like Beast Claw are going to be shamanistic. They're going to have priests, and uh, Ma tribes are going to have the, or Gutbusters are going to have the wizards. All right. I think probably it's safe to say that all Huskard types are probably going to be priests, even the one on Stonehorn. Mm -hmm. And so it's like Frost Lords are the guys in charge of everything, and then Huskards are the priests, and then Beast Riders are the, you know, battle line, and that's. That's how it is. It gives a good split of the unit types too, you can though. See the, it, the hunter definitely becoming a priest as well, because he currently has kind of a thing like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and a prayer book, almost certainly. So you get prayer wars. That's, that's a that's a decent way way to go with it. Yeah. Um, it do, they've also opened you up to get. I know you don't necessarily want like endless spells, but judgments for for corn. They've opened you up to receive endless. Uh, you know, if they're not going to give you any new models, the way they give you new models is by giving you endless spells, right? So, mm -hmm. so like, here you go. Yeah, I feel like it's probably going to be the case that Maw Tribes itself gets a terrain piece. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it's going to be a Gutbuster terrain piece and a Beast Claw terrain piece. I think it's going to be like the Maw Tribe book gets a, gets a terrain piece. Right. An endless buffet. Yeah, the Ever, instead of Everwinter, it's like you know, the Ever Buffet. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Hunter himself doesn't do anything, but um in your list he does stuff. Like you make him the general so that you can have the cheapest battle line um qualifying things ever. Truly in the whole game, I think. You can satisfy a two thousand point of battle line for a hundred and twenty total points. If your hunter is already the general, so two forty, I suppose. That's kind of on. I mean, you can get three battles, which is which is very cheap. Um, his war scroll is like laughably bad, but I've gone over that before. Uh, he does have a thing where you can issue his two really bad ranged attacks to instead roll a die, and on a three or four up, he does a d three mortal wounds within six inches because of his frost breath. So having a roll, and then needing some target number, and then doing a little tiny minuscule 
frost wreath ice. Yeah, he's he's probably a priest. Yeah. Yeah. Is this a cod piece on him? The wolf head cod piece. Is that stock for the model, or is that is that a? Is that you a... have two options. You have a giant um, lion head, or you have a, a an elongated, goofy looking skull that looks dumb. And I went for the huge lion head. <laughs> oh yeah, two forty for the. It's possible I said 280 out loud by accident, but yeah, it's 240 for battle line. Yeah, that's not bad. Uh, well, no, not for artifact and command point. You you have to take a skull for artifact and command point, which is a battalion that's another 100-odd points. Right. Like, it's even yet more for that, but if we're just talking about, like, the, the cheapest you can get battle line satisfied for is, is 240. Not you can make game. a one-drop and get an artifact and stuff. On the whole game, I can I can do it in death for it's a one eighty. Because oh, I can yeah, buy, I can buy zombies. Have, uh, sixty sixty, yeah, yeah, sixty sixty and 60. pretty close though. But like for a leader and it's, the zombies, it's reasonably cheap. Yeah, for a leader and the zombies, it puts me up to two forty because my cheapest hero is is sixty. So like that's consistency right there. Is I can do two forty. Um, I can do two forty to get get all that. Skinks went up. Real and yeah, Skinks got uh, increased in price uh, in the last GHB, not because Seraphon was too good, they're not, but because <laughs> other armies were allying in Skinks, because those armies were poorly written enough not to have any good battle line units, and so because some other army was stealing your men, you get punished with your guys going up. Just brilliant design. <laughs> <laughs> Straight fire. <laughs> sorry, 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 Stormcast. Uh, I have no idea why Liberators are that bad and that expensive, but they've written four books with that same mistake unfixed, and so I, I don't know what to tell you. How many times can they make the Stormcast book and give it the same problems? I don't know. Several. All How people. come you can't have Paladins as battle line? Why isn't there some hero to take that lets you do that? It's just like so basic. <laughs> How come liberators are terrible? And massive bases, <laughs> no attacks, so bad. Anyway. Anyway. How many is infinity? It is that which there is not greater than. I guess I don't know. Like what? What am I supposed to define? <laughs> um. So I, I think that that wraps up kind of everything I wanted to touch on, which is uh, be happy about Bone Reapers more. Uh, talk about how I, I am mortal in that uh, I had a model I was lukewarm on for like half a half a second until a meme came out. And then I jumped all the way back up to loving everything about the army purely as, like aesthetically. Um, the, the challenge I'm going to run into is the opposite of, of some others out there where... Um, I don't know what to convert to get my conversion points on a, you know, on a, uh, you know, a little checklist for the hobby aspect because I, I like the aesthetic so much already. Um, uh, give the harvester another four legs. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I changed the harvester in some way. Like uh, if, let's say harvester is the turtle. Mm -hmm. Like, let's just say he's the turtle of bone reapers. Mm -hmm. So he sucks. Yeah. And the, the rules that he has do nothing for your army, like uh, Achillean Levidon for IDK. 
Well, if you're playing with Archon, then put Archon riding him, and there's your conversion. <laughs> <laughs> That's the mount. There, yeah, perfect. Okay, so I got a conversion there. Um, yeah, like my my conversions are probably just gonna and be like... instead of instead of battle line, um, instead of battle line skeletons with shields, mm-hmm. you use the samurai guy from the Bone Chad's base, and just have every single have every single battle line model be that guy. From that, from like a bit site, I like so it. that your army costs ten thousand dollars. Oh, love it! That's almost as and good. And they're as all mono pose. <laughs> no, they wouldn't be mono pose. They'd be holding the katana at different angles. You know, I could just everyone. I, I just like altered a degree up. <laughs> um, yeah, each one you you move their arm and their sword like just a little bit each time mm-hmm. so if you look at all of them really fast in order it's like a zoetrope or it's like a flip book <laughs> and you can see him like he's totally swinging his sword or something yeah perfect <laughs> uh have them all be the exact same degree so that strike fear into your enemies well striking fear into your enemies is if you would put a price tag on all of them and just keep it there <laughs> like when you're moving it around <laughs> Well, that's that's like the uh, what was it the the most uh, the most razor gores I could fit into a list, and they're yeah the most expensive army it's, ever. It's yeah. fifty dollars for one of those fine cast pigs. Fifty dollars, and so it's like a two thousand dollar army if you put all the pigs you could into a list, and it's just pigs. Well, first you fly to New Zealand and then buy it there. Oh yeah, because so- <laughs> we're because we're game theory, you know, we're trying to make the most expensive army. Yeah. So you you gotta you gotta spend dollary dues to get them instead, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> plus the plane ticket to fly out and buy them from there. <laughs> oh man! All right, yeah. So I, I covered all the the stuff. Uh, big big happy about. Uh, I am big happy about uh, Ossiarch Bone Reapers, obviously, and then imperfection in like sort of the importance of imperfection when it comes to like the the models, the sculpts, the. Uh, uh, and then just kind of art in general, yeah, and then ship them back, and then fly back and catch them. Yeah, what would actually be more expensive, paying for the carry-on for all of that, <laughs> or shipping it, or international shipping? Similar price, probably, the way planes are going. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like $50 a carry-on or something. I See, I bet you carry-on's more expensive in the long run, because, not carry-on, but, but checked luggage, because they will get powdered, and then you'll have to do the process all over again. <laughs> like they'll just, they'll just become powder in your luggage. <laughs> like just, oh man, yeah. And then uh, we had a little little speculating, some speculation on on ogres. So I feel pretty good about this cast. Uh, anything you'd like to add? Any any shout outs? Any ats? Any at me bros or or plug of any of your stream? If people know me, they know you. I mean, come on. Like they probably, yeah, probably. Uh, they probably stumbled upon my stream because of yours. <laughs> oh, uh, let's see. Vince summoned me on the last show, or like two shows ago, I think. Okay. But I didn't, I didn't see that part because I was, I it was like one of the few Warhammer weeklies I couldn't watch the whole thing when it was happening. Mm-hmm. And he summoned me for some rules question, and so I'm probably gonna do a little like the next video will probably be this fun little thing where I get summoned and answer a rules question and then go back into the you know casket or something like that like there's pineapple pizza all around me and i'm like rising from i don't know what i'll do but so you got a video plan for the next to answer the question on account of being summoned perfect yeah it has it has to do with 
Iron Jaw's movement and the timing of certain abilities. Basically, you can't. Uh, the, the guy's like, can I do this thing? And the answer is no. And everybody knows the answer is no. But he didn't He didn't want to, like, dig through and find exactly why the answer was no. And so mm -hmm. he's like, eh, hey, we'll do it. <laughs> What a what a wonderful like like you're basically like the uh, Warhammer Weekly lawyer. <laughs> yeah, like talking well, to lawyers. Tom's Tom's pretty, pretty lawyerish actually. I'm yeah. I'm more interested in in finding interesting interactions, mm -hmm. uh, or silly stuff, I suppose. Right. But yeah, people should endeavor to play by the rules. Right. Litigious. There you go. Yeah. Litiguous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Litigawiaus. <laughs> mispronouncing words. All right. Um. So yeah, go follow Haywo at Haywo Twitch. Uh, there's an underscore in there for between the Twitch and the Haywo part on Twitter. Yeah, I make memes and videos. If you don't already, and then uh, just Haywo on YouTube. Uh, you got that shit on lockdown. So. So follow him there. He does videos, but what twice a month. Sometimes more. It's about twice a month. Uh, at one time, it was about once a month, but uh, then I did Patreon, and now it's two times a month. Yeah, so... Uh, so we're moving up in the world. Yeah, so Patreon... All while working on Choose Your Army stuff in the background. Otherwise, it would probably be two and a half times a month, but don't tell no, people he, that. No, he streams once every four years, and he he videos on YouTube. once every four years in real life, yeah. Yeah. But YouTube shows twice a month, usually. Twice a month. Sometimes three if one of them is a meme. Um, usually it's like, hey, I should stream, but if I should stream, I should probably, like, do a video, right? If I have time to stream, then I have time to make some YouTube video, and that's what people want much more than watching me play No Man's Sky or fucking Classic WoW or something. Right. So, yeah, 